Hey y'all, this is Patch coming to you before the show with a quick content warning. At an hour and 23 minutes, we start discussing uh, the taxonomy of bugs. Uh, specifically, we're talking about spiders and scorpions, and it doesn't go much more in-depth than that, but if there is a phobia you're concerned about, then that segment lasts about two minutes. So, I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Take care. Weirdos have to stick together. The show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Patch, and joining me is the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Uh, you know, doing all right, I guess. Nothing's been crazy with work or anything. Nothing's really gone on that's been catastrophic in the last week since we last convened to yeah. not talk about She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah it feels weird that it's like oh we were like we're taking a bit of a break table house and it's like because we had recorded the the tabletop session back in like june or july it's like oh we're actually only actively talking about <laughs> owl house ourselves directly at this moment in one episode and that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'm glad to hear there was no catastrophes going on um Nothing major went down on my end, apart from being entirely overloaded with homework. But that's a occupational hazard of being in school, so... Yeah. I mean, it, it is getting close to the end of the semester for you, right? Uh, right about the halfway point. Next week should be week 8, and there's 13, so... Well, that's a little bit over half. If, if you're saying that next week is week 8, and there's 13 in the semester... Like you, yeah, something. Yeah, like you that. you would basically be at halfway there, like about this time last week. Yeah, that's no, no, about six, right. Yeah, six and a half times two. Oh, that's why I've got all this homework. It's midterms. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what you told me before we actually started recording, it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, three major projects due in a week, no big deal. Yeah, th there's a reason why we uh did that uh like the teaser episode before episode one like a month between the two because of uh you being second finals and we're getting close to almost that being a whole year again yeah we sure are how the hell's already been almost a year of us doing this uh time flies when you're being gay <laughs> I, I, I well i guess maybe you could ex just uh include that to just be queer in general but then again, yeah. at times, it uh, feels like it drags down a lot with all the fucking news all the time. That never ends. That's fair. I don't know, like, the 1st of December will be my four-year anniversary of getting on hormones, and that's like, how is that even possible? You yeah, know it, I mean? it's like, that's that's a lot of me. Well, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like um, almost a few days shy of a month away from two years on hormones already. It's like, what the fuck? How's it already been almost two years? But it's like, no, that was November 30th of 2020. That that math know, tracks. Right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then two weeks after that, it's the cat's birthday, so... 
No, I keep your birthday. Does, does Zicky get anything for birthdays? Not really. I was trying to get her treats or special foods or whatever, but she hates them, so... Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, with the ferrets... I guess just because it's different from her regular food, so she won't eat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with my old ferrets, uh, like... I mean, Ollie never liked any treats. I've tried, like, maybe, like, seven or eight different kinds of treats of him, and he never liked any of them. And Tucker only <laughs> ever liked, like, these, like, chicken-flavored, like, dental chews. So usually with them, I would just usually get them, like, a new hammock each year for their birthday, just because also ferrets, uh... Ferrets definitely scratch the hell out of uh, stuff, getting it all comfy for when they go to bed, and they rip the shit out of hammocks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there were a number of times when I would buy them, like, hammocks that were just, like, you know, basic normal hammocks that aren't like the kind that has like an opening for them to go into and by the time mm -hmm. i was cycling it out they could definitely burrow into it because they had just made a hole in the fabric <laughs> to get inside <laughs> which they like the uh, being able to sleep inside at times just be like especially when it gets colder because they like having that extra bit of warmth but also like i mean usually when you get ferrets you want to typically get them in at least pairs so they have a friend because ferrets are very sociable mm -hmm. and they'll just sleep in piles on top of each other like even during the summer like they would often like sleep on like the bedding of their cage rather than the hammocks because I guess the hammocks were too warm. But they'd still sleep in a fucking pretzel pile on top of each other, and it's like <laughs> you guys are kind of defeating the purpose of you trying to get yourselves cooled down a little bit with the heat of the summer by still sleeping on top of each other. <laughs> but <laughs> ferrets are ferrets. They they're there's ferrets are smart, but also them. <laughs> they are. They are very curious creatures, but they are also very unwise, and they don't realize things. <laughs> I will say this for Ziggy. She doesn't cuddle as long as the temperature is above a certain level. Like, once it gets cold, suddenly she'll be all over you. But until yeah. then, like, she's just hiding all day long. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, especially, like, during the middle of the day, because, like, a lot of cats will just, like, find a sunbeam and just hang out in there. Uh, there's not so much sunbeams in my apartment uh, on account of my whole vampire thing. But uh, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we have like a weirder thing here at this apartment because like we don't have like any like curtains on any of the windows in like the common areas, like the kitchen and the dining room and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, no. yeah, it is. I don't like it. It's really weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we. We don't do that, I guess, because, I don't know, maybe the rest of my roommates were lazy to not set them up beforehand or something, I don't know. But it's <laughs> like, the cats always have access to sunbeams as a result, because there's always so many windows that are just fully, like, open like that. Yeah, uh, it, blackout curtains and blinds on every window in my apartment. Yeah, that, that's how I was at my old place. I mean, I have, like, curtains on my bedroom window here. But it's like at my old place, I had like two windows when I like looked, you know, both of them looked out like at the balcony kind of thing that people would go on to get to their units and stuff. And I just always kept the bedroom one closed all the time because it's like it's right here like next alongside my bed. I'm not going to be here at all. I don't open it and close it all the time anyway. I'll open and close op like open and close the main one near the front yeah. door. But it's like, what's the point of doing the bedroom one? Because it's like I'm just going to go back to sleep in there anyway. <laughs> As it can sit on the um, like the windowsill behind the curtains, but she doesn't super bother because the easiest place for her to do that is the window that looks onto the balcony, and there's nothing on the balcony that's interesting. So uh. sometimes in winter a goose might land there, and then she's very interested. <laughs> but other than that, 
<laughs> she maybe get like uh, one of those like bird feeders that latch onto the side of a window so she can watch birds closer into the, the apartment. Might be worth a shot. Um, I don't know what kind of bird life we have around here. I haven't heard much of it, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, even I if mean, she apart from the geese. Yeah. Well, even if she doesn't care about birds, it's like, you know, it's still nice to be able to just like have birds occasionally hang out by the window just for your own enjoyment, too. Mm. Seems like someone who likes birds over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as the birds aren't just taking massive shits near your windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't get squirrels climbing in there to get whatever like bird food you put in there, because squirrels always do that. That would probably be what would happen, yes, despite us being on the seventh floor. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being a big thing back when, like, we used to get, like, pumpkins and guard them as kids, where it's like you had to put Vaseline over the parts that you cut, because otherwise the squirrels would just go and eat the pumpkins all the time. <laughs> and yet I see a lot of people on my street here that don't know that, apparently, because they definitely had carved pumpkins one day, and the next day they were all a bit to shit because squirrels. <laughs> it's like, how do you not know this Vaseline thing? That's what you gotta do. <laughs> Or you like put it in your window, but not outside, so that you can still actually see it from outside. Or, you know, just Vaseline most of it, but leave certain areas open so the squirrels carve your pumpkin for you. Exactly, there you go. And you have to do it yourself. And it probably looks way more horrifying, because it's done with teeth instead of a straight knife. Exactly, there you go, for maximum uh, Halloween-iness. <laughs> uh. Yeah, apparently we actually do get trick-or-treaters here, but, uh, I mean, Halloween's on a Monday, and I'm usually at work till, like, past seven on Mondays because of how crazy things are that day. So, <laughs> I'm probably not going to get to see any of the trick-or-treaters. I guess I should probably look into that, but somehow I don't think it'll happen in this building. Yeah. I don't know. I... I... I feel like trick-or-treaters are more likely in an apartment when you have the outside-facing doors, you know what I mean? Yeah. But mine's more of a, like a New York style, all the doors are on the inside in hallways. Yeah, that probably leaves it very unlikely that you get kids. Because, like, I mean, mine is just like, it's like a house that was split into three units, but like floor, and we're on the second floor. And oh, so yeah. That's, it, that's... Yeah, it's like, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's like all the buildings on the street. And, like, there definitely are some kids around, and apparently there were uh, kids that went around trick-or-treating here last year, because I asked my roommate, and she said, yeah, but I don't see that many kids. I know there's, like, a few next door, but, like, I don't see them all over the place, but I guess it's, I mean, we're on, like, a pretty, I wouldn't say busy street, but, like, one that's at least, like, well-known, because it's, like, one of those, like, streets in, like, a, not, like, a residentially kind of area of Hartford, but it's also not, like, in the main city of Hartford, but it's, like, one of those that's, like, historic whatever street kind of deals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what signifies a street getting to be historic, but apparently ours is, because, like, the signs are red instead of the normal green. So, I guess... Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess people go down those more, I suppose, for trick or cheating, because they're... Kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious about this. I want to see what makes a city street... Stork. <laughs> uh, I know here in London we have some streets that are marked as Terry Fox routes, which are the routes that uh, Terry Fox was running when he tried to jog across Canada. But other than that, <laughs> I can't think of any uh, special streets, you know? <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, I'm trying to see if there is anything particular about mine. Which obviously I'm not going to say the street because I'm not going to dox myself here. <laughs> ah, you're no uh, fun. <laughs> like, I've already said enough saying I live in Hartford, Connecticut. I feel like that's as much as you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm pretty sure I've said what city and what school I go to, so... <laughs> yeah, but it's like you don't, you don't live at the school. <laughs> no, but still... <laughs> I guess maybe from what I'm seeing real quick here, it's that like some of the houses on the street combine like Tudor revival features with colonial revival plans with the house construction, I guess. So it's because you have old houses on your street, right? I, 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 I guess that makes sense for why it would be one of those streets that's called historic. Yeah, because I'm also seeing other ones listed here of like the streets around us because there's like two or three other ones that are like had the red sign for historic. So I guess that's why. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I don't. I don't know how has old housing uh, really qualifies for being historic. It's not like something like big happens here on these streets, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was there for a long time. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that's saying a lot in uh, current day America with them wanting to tear down buildings to make like fucking like. You know, shitty businesses and stuff, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Gentrification is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I can't say I've done a ton this week. Uh, played some more Hades. I don't know why. I don't really enjoy that game, and yet I keep playing it for some reason. <laughs> I, I think it's because, like, even if you're not that great at like roguelikes i think it's like something about like the aesthetic and the storytelling is appealing because like even my one of my roommates was like playing my copy even on the switch with her own save file and like she i think she like once or twice got past megara like the first boss and like she was like very much like you know she put on like god mode to give herself that like extra buff but like she just doesn't have the overall patience to like just throw her body at the wall and die a lot to get like immunity to like most damage <laughs> i guess because like it gives you like plus two percent damage resistance every time you die with cosmodon <laughs> but like i i think it is part of that because it's like it is a very interesting story that tells more over time and like yeah like it progresses more as you like actually get out more often and like beat the final boss but it's like it gets harder because like they give you like different uh because like have you beat it have you beat the main boss once at all like the first uh, boss or, no, or the final no, boss? I've, I've made it to the surface three times, and every time I get knocked out during his second health bar. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's, they had to be jerks about that. Yeah, he's fucking rough. Uh, I would say, like, one of the easiest ways to at least kill him the first time is to use the shield, because, like, especially when he does that big, like, area of lasers, there's only, like, two little rocks or so that you can hide behind, but you can, you can, you can like, hold the shield to, like, do the guard, and you'll just block all of it. So it's like, mm. yeah. I also find that, like, one of the most consistent ways to just deal with him is just really specking heavy into Doom from Ares. Just get, like, <laughs> basically Doom on hit and stuff like that. Or even just, like, Doom on special cute so you can just, like, throw the shield to proc it and stuff. If if you, like, really invest heavily in Doom, you can really chew through major enemy health bars a lot. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, it's like... It's the, I guess it is this the kind of game where it's like, yeah, the more you put into it, the more story you get of it, even if you're not making a lot of progress. 
but like once you beat the final boss the first time, that's when you unlock like the pact of punishment where you can add modifiers to like re like basically to get all those like rewards from the other bosses again. So you can like upgrade ah. your weapons and stuff more. Yeah, that's how you get like more like Titan blood and uh, diamonds and stuff by like doing oh. stuff like oh traps deal like four hundred percent more damage to me, which sounds like it's not that hard to avoid, but you'll definitely walk into lava or step on a fucking spike at one point and almost die because right. it always happens. I have to confess, I haven't had a lot of trouble with that if I'm honest. Yeah, again, because... you don't think about it when it's only dealing the normal damage, but when it's dealing like twenty damage per fucking tick of uh, like the fire or whatever. Item acquisition, I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. Because you can just trade everything for everything in the shop, so... Yeah, like... yeah, there is that. Like, even if you're just, like, mostly getting a bunch of, like, keys or, like, uh, like, nectar, you can still at least, you know, eventually trade that to what you need. Yeah. It's useful. Like, there is nothing that I can buy with keys anymore outside of trading them in for random junk in the shop, so... Yeah, you, you get the... Oh, what was it? There is definitely... A use for keys. I think it's really just to like re-roll the darkness you put into the mirror. I think, yeah, I you think can there, redo your stats, I think there but that's is, it. I think there is another use for keys, though, then. It's been a little bit since I played myself. So I think <laughs> uh, on my Switch version, I have like six or seven successful escapes, and I think you need ten to see credits. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, well, it's not that much, but again, it is, it is a little bit of investment, because I think in that, I think I have like 50 or 60... Attempt escape attempts. Why am I, why am I, why am I trying to remember off the top of my head? I have my switch right here. I can check. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, fifty-seven runs so far, and uh, still doesn't feel like I'm really getting anywhere. But I guess it is what it is. Yeah, I mean that sounds pretty comparable to where I'm at. Let me let me check real quick. Where are you, Hades? There you are. <laughs> I mean, it is like also like I've never really been the biggest fan of roguelike cypher but like something about yeah. it. i think it's because like it's like i'm a big fan of super giants like writing and like stories and stuff and their characters <laughs> and this is like the most out of all of them and it's also like the most like action game of them because like i know like bastion was but like transistor was like very much like more of like tactical kind of action based on like using the uh the four set abilities that you can put more abilities into modifiers Right. Yeah, I have, I have 56 attempts. In terms of the last time I played was like four and a half months ago. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then uh, I mean, people are pretty divisive about Pyre because it is that weird like wizard basketball. But I mean, <laughs> Pyre definitely has like some of like the strongest character story stuff they have in that game. I mean, and also like you can your character who like unfortunately they never like put a face to you since you're just like the observer more or less but like your character yeah. can use they them pronouns <laughs> you can choose that at the start <laughs> it's really good <laughs> i can't say i ever played pyre but i don't know why anyone would be turned off by wizard basketball <laughs> it's it's mostly just because it's like so different than their other games because like even with transistor being stranger it's still like an isometric rpg it's just that its combat is function way different compared to bastion <laughs> and later hades it's it's really just that reasoning uh, i'm trying to see <laughs> Where the fuck do you go to see? Oh yeah, you have to go like the record room to see how many successes. I think it's like seven or eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's the room. But yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm really curious to see what they do next because like Hades has been officially out in like 1.0 for two years now. I think it was like September 2020 when they released it because I feel like it was during the pandemic. 
That would make sense, yeah. Because I think that was the thing right after Animal Crossing was the thing, right? Yeah, uh, that sounds about right, yeah. Because like, uh, they originally put this out back in, like, it was like December 2018 when it got released, only on EGS in early access. So it was like an early, essentially early access for like a year and nine months or so before it got released. I see. You're saying? No, just uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know. That's okay. No, I guess I... I will probably keep playing it, even though I'm not sure why. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I apparently have eight successful attempts. I looked in the record room. Ah, nice. Yeah, so I think I'm only like two away from seeing credits finally after two years of this game being out. Because I have this, uh, I have this on uh, EGS, but also I don't know what the fuck my old EGS login is anymore because it's under my dead name email, and it's like fuck that. Mm, <laughs> yeah, so I don't care. So like, it was like I think it was also on sale for like fifty percent off or something like that on Switch back during the spring. So I was like, yeah, I'll fuck it, I'll buy Hades again for 10 bucks. Why the fuck not? It's a great <laughs> game. I like this game. It also, like, I was playing it with a controller anyway because, you know, I would sit here at my desk anyway with it. it's like, well, I'll put it on, I'll get on the Switch and have it if I ever take my Switch anywhere, <laughs> which has been, <laughs> uh, like, maybe, like, five or six times ever since 2017. <laughs> Mostly when, like, going to Pennsylvania a few times to visit people. And then not since for a while because, uh, you know, pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm also just, like, very, like, cautious about taking the Switch anywhere. Because, I mean, like, it's a $300 system and I have, like, legitimately over, like, $1,000 of digital games in it. I know, again, digital games is a problem because digital is just a problem in general. But it's like, I'm just lazy and don't want to switch out the cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like I just have a lot of money invested in this thing, and I already had to replace my Switch once because the original one had that weird, like, kind of overheating issue back right when Animal Crossing released. So I had to redo everything for the first, like, two weeks of Animal Crossing. That was fun. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean. I don't know. I guess I got lucky because I've still got my launch one and I've hadn't had that problem so far. Yeah, it was like the fan was basically, like, still working but not up to scratch enough it seemed like like basically even what we could figure out there had to have been like some like programming error or something or some other component that has like not kicking the fan on enough so it was like it wasn't like overheating because it would actually like give a notification of like your console is getting too hot we're gonna go into sleep mode so this shit doesn't get fucked <laughs> and it's yeah. like oh that would happen like for like maybe 10 minutes of play <laughs> So, yeah, that, that kind of made things real difficult. And also, at the same time, that was at the very start of the pandemic, because that was, like, early April. Well, I mean, to be fair, this problem actually started happening in, like, November of 2019, so I knew it was a thing, and I was just lazy, and then they shut down the services center because of COVID early on, and <laughs> nobody could find parts. <laughs> so I had to use a good chunk of the first stimulus check to replace my Switch, because I had to go to eBay, where somebody was selling one brand new for a $200 markup. <laughs> Alas. And then as soon as it arrived, that was when Ollie was having his, like, medical issues, so the other remainder of the of the first stimulus check went to Ollie's final rights and stuff, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun. So, thanks U.S. government, I guess, for replacing my Switch and putting my one of my ferrets to rest. <laughs> Eh, whatever. <laughs> My Switch has been fine since then, and if I had that problem happen again, I will definitely make sure to get it looked at. 
before a big video <laughs> game releases, and I have to time uh, t- uh, time travel to get to the same progress where I was at. That's basically what I did. I just was like playing like multiple days in the course of one day to like be like, I ah, gotta get back to where I was in Outcrossing because that was before they had the save transfer feature. Because Nintendo is dumb with a lot of that shit, and it's like, we feel like you're gonna cheat, and it's like, Animal Crossing is mostly just a single-player game. Like, I can see why it, you do that with, with like, Pokemon and Splatoon, because they're mostly online, but, like, it's Animal Crossing, fuckers. What the fuck? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, neither do I. But... I, mean, I mean, Nintendo makes dumb decisions for, in a lot of things. It's like it's it's still amazing that it's like they even put out the Switch to begin with, especially where they, considering where they were at beforehand with the Wii U. <laughs> and yet they still make such boneheaded choices at times. But we could have got another add-on to the Wii console that could have been. <laughs> yeah. Imagine needing the gamepad and something else in the year 2022, <laughs> nine years after the Wii U launched. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we could have gotten them finally releasing the uh, the Wii uh, health sensor that clips onto your finger. <laughs> I think that they showed off and then never brought up again because everybody thought it was dumb. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I'm over here being like, why the fuck did you not continue Labo and give me the fucking camera and make it usable in new Pokemon Snap? <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of those idiots that know. bought Labo <laughs> and then used it all of like uh, maybe an hour besides building it. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I, I don't know what that was all along, yeah, if I'm honest. I didn't, I didn't even build all of it. <laughs> I, I built like the fishing rod and the bike handles, and I think I started the. Uh, uh, not the house. The house was dumb. I think I started the typewriter, the, not the typewriter, the piano, and then stopped. And at some point, I was like, this is a bunch of cardboard bullshit. <laughs> Why did I buy this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad I didn't go for that one, because... No, I, I like yeah, you, you saved like uh, well at the time it would have been still USD for you, but like yeah, you definitely saved like seventy or eighty bucks that I spent on cardboard <laughs> throughout within the span of like a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible. God, at least I didn't buy the robot. I knew that the robot was designed for kids, and I would not fit into it because like I remember Giant Bomb trying to build it back in the day, and I remember Jeff not fitting in it, and he's obviously he's a taller man than me because he's like not 5'4", like me. I'm, right. I am a small like comparison, but I still would know I would not fit into the robot. <laughs> uh, again, Nintendo just does weird fucking shit so often. It's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Well, uh, speaking of weird stuff, do you want to get into the episode yeah, today? Yeah, I guess we, we probably should, huh? Because it's like... Hey, at least like one of these episodes I actually liked, at least like the the structure of it. I can't say much for my own episode, unfortunately, besides Scorpia, because <laughs> Scorpia did yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. We had some issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, so my episode today is season four, episode nine, Hero. And we open at Madame Raz's college. She's bustling around preparing for visitors, which mostly means throwing stuff everywhere and just making a mess. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, uh, apparently today is a very important day, so uh, when Flap opens, she greets Adora, and uh, this is where we get the reveal. Uh, it's Mara. This is a thousand years ago. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very simple... Uh, but opening sequence compared to last week that was like two yeah it's like, i remember like when we were like talking about like owl house ones where it's like you know you sometimes get like the intro that's like two minutes long and other times you'd get one that was like 16 seconds or whatever it was when like lucy mm-hmm. got her yeah. phone and reaching out i feel like yeah, Shira, definitely I feel, the 16 yeah, second I, feel, one. I feel like Shira's like weird disconnect with like some intros being like three minutes long and that one's being like 10 seconds is like even stranger at times <laughs> Yeah, especially because, like, this episode, for instance, after the credits, we go right back into the same scene. And normally there would be a cutaway, and or we'd see somebody else doing something, and that would be saved for, like, a surprise or whatever. Yeah. But not today, because today, after the credits, uh, it's uh, Mara's here, and it's, again, it's an important day. She's Raz is going to say that, like, 50 times in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh... When Mara asks why it's so important, uh, you, you know, it's it's an important day. They're going to make a pie. But uh, while she's looking for her rolling pin, there's sort of a glitching effect, and we're in the present. Adora shows up, and Raz just kind of continues exactly what she was doing, preparing to get, bake a cake with Mara. And Adora is a little upset by being semi-dead named here, but she overlooks it because... <laughs> Uh, she really needs help because everything yeah. went bottomed up. <laughs> Adora definitely is having that moment where she's at like Thanksgiving and her grandparent is there and still doesn't get it, and like everybody in the family is just like, "Adora, you, it's just not worth it. It's just, you're not going to make any progress here, and it sucks." <laughs> well, kind of, but also like it was never her name in the first place. Also true. Yeah, that gets. That's why it's kind of dead naming and not actually dead naming. <laughs> yeah, it would like. If I came out and said, okay, my name is Patch, call me that now, and then suddenly they started calling me Rodrigo or whatever. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, no. Yeah, that, 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 I don't know where you're going with this, but, yeah, it's just between the Dark Glimmer arc and the loss of Selenius and Hordak just kind of rampaging across the country, uh, Adora figured Raz would be a good place to start looking for Mara's weapon, since uh, she knew Mara personally. This is the first time I think Adora has ever applied logic to uh, yeah. a Raz situation. <laughs> Basically, yes. And, like, I, I like how Adora immediately is also thinking she's not going to get, like, that she's going to be here to get answers. And meanwhile, my first note here verbatim is calling it Adora will get no answers and be frustrated by in about five minutes and then i was very much wrong because <laughs> typically adora doesn't get answers <laughs> she got answers yeah, in this episode because yeah. i didn't know what to expect <laughs> yeah because the thing is is that usually when adora goes to mara it's just because she's emotional and freaked out and needs advice or whatever she's not looking for specific information and so this is interesting in that uh she like applied critical thinking to figure out why she should talk to Raz. <laughs> but yeah, um Raz does kind of react when Adora asks about the weapon she's looking for, but uh she just plays it off and insists that no, actually they're making a pie with Swiftwind today. And since she said his name, this conjures him into existence and he appears outside the tent. <laughs> 
apparently he visits pretty often because she's just an old lady in the woods alone and he's worried about her. So yeah, I, guess I this like is... this. This is good Swiftwind again. He's finally back. Yeah, I guess uh, this is why this kind of explains why there's just some times where he's just not around at all because the show kind of forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, you would think he would mention that to somebody, though. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, he is going to repeatedly call Raz kind of crazy in this episode, which also sucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Like, at, at this point, at least, I really appreciate, because th that was his whole thing at the beginning, was rebellion and setting horses free and, like, co-op taking care of each other. So seeing that he's out here checking on his neighbors, that's nice, but also he's going to do some ableisms. Yep, sure is. <laughs> yeah. So Adora asks him for help getting Raz to talk about the weapon, and he just does not get it and yells about her sword a lot, but fortunately Raz is completely oblivious to everything around her, because by the time Adora has explained what uh, she wants from Swiftwind, Raz has already taken off into the woods to find sugar for the pie, so they have to chase her. Uh, Swiftwind does like three or four ableisms in a row real quick. And she insists that Raz must know something, because she's always able to pop up right at the last moment, like when they were in the perfect world and all that. But uh, Raz just kind of wanders into the woods and bumps into Mara. She already knows Mara, but this is the first time they have met, and Mara's ship is parked here outside a new ruin that we haven't seen before. Well, I guess it's not a ruin, because it's in the past, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I like how, like, Adora, like, considers these things about, like, how, like, Raz knows things, but she never really stops and goes, wait, that means Raz is, like, over a thousand years old. <laughs> she, she never yeah, puts that... she just kind of takes that for granted. Yeah, she never puts that together of, like, wait a sec, what? <laughs> I think she questions it once, way back in the first episode that uh, Raz is in. Uh, like episode she three. <laughs> says some, yeah, yeah, she says something about there being stars, and Adora realizes that she must be ridiculously old. But other than that... Hmm. Um, yeah, so... Um, the, Raz kind of has a moment of reflecting and realizing that this is the first time they've met, and then she just kind of just barges onto the ship and steals everything she can. <laughs> uh yeah, despite this being her first meeting with Mara, she doesn't seem super sentimental. She's just burgling this place for all it's worth. Yeah. But while she's doing that, Mara realizes that she can use magic and is pretty fascinated by that. Uh, Light Hope pops up, asking about why there's an intruder here, which freaks Raz out kind of big time, but Mara stands between them and helps Raz get the sugar she's looking for. And there's definitely some, like, looks exchanged between Mara and Light Hope. They've, they've got the lovey eyes going on. Uh, Light Hope says that they have to arrest Raz and report her to their superiors because she might have stumbled onto information about the heart of Etheria. But Mara manages to talk her down by mostly by being cute and suggests that they're here to study magic so maybe the locals can help. Uh, this is like the first time we ever, ever, ever see Light Hope give ground on anything. Yeah, especially <laughs> she where she's at now. To report the incident. <laughs> also, just gotta say, it sounds really weird to hear uh, Zara, whose last name I'm forgetting, uh, as Mara, with her not just like loudly shouting about her like uh, defeat of Ragnar the Wretched and all that other stuff. Like she, she definitely does not have any bravado in her voice as Mara compared to as uh, General Yunan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, is, again, sure. where I know her mostly from, because I obviously watched Amphibia before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... 
had something I meant to say, but I didn't write it down in my notes, so I will never remember what it is. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so Raz heads out. Uh, she bids Mara farewell, though she does call her Adora. I'm not going to call that everything every time it happens, because it's a lot, but yeah, essentially like, she, whoever she's talking to, just assume she's using the other name. Yeah, she is like constantly like getting... I, I did I ever explain this at all with uh why it is that she like knows the future and also like you know at the time and also like the far distant past where she keeps getting the names wrong? Or is it just I honestly don't know. Like, like obviously like you know in the present it's like okay well she's like a thousand years old she might just be forgetting because she's around Ashira she just doesn't realize it's not Mara most of the time. But it's yeah. like, it doesn't really explain how she knows Adora's name a thousand years before <laughs> Adora will exist. Yeah, like, she's very clearly unmoored in time. She's just kind of bouncing around uncontrollably, but yeah. I don't think we ever learn why that's the case. Mm. But, yeah, so, I mean, I mentioned before, back in her first appearance, that the fact that she knew Mara sort of led people to believe that maybe she was the same Madame Raz from the original She-Ra series, and yeah. this episode kind of seals up that that's not really the case. She's just weird and bouncing around in time, but mm. still, I don't know what that is. But yeah, so um, she heads back into the woods, and we return to the present, where Adora is trying to catch up with this little old lady who's just randomly stumbling through the woods, <laughs> and she bumps into the ruins of the place we just saw. Uh, she thinks Raz was specifically trying to bring her here, because despite the fact that she's figured out a lot of stuff by this point, she still doesn't realize that Raz doesn't have a ton of control over what she's doing. Yeah. And she finds some, like, gouges in the wall that she figures out pretty easily came from the Sword of Protection, and then there's, like, a giant hacked-apart statue head that she finds a data key in it that's, like, the, the key to Mara's spaceship, but... Uh, this was kind of overshadowed by Raz discovering a 1,000-year-old box of sugar. <laughs> she sure does. I, like, you can't use that. You can't cook with that. Uh, <sighs> uh, well, the courtesy of Google, uh, I just searched the sugar expire, and the first thing it brings up is technically sugar never spoils. For best quality, is recommended to use within two years of opening. So, <laughs> but, okay. I mean, are we gonna try? Even are we gonna are we sealed. gonna try the ancient alien sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was sealed and never opened, it's still lying on the floor of a jungle for a thousand years. There's gonna be some mold in there. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need it, but. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah, so Adora asks her about the data key, and Raz tells her that Mara left it specifically for her because Mara wants to talk. But Adora can't quite wrap her head around this because, you know, Mara's dead, and she doesn't, like, never mind the fact that she talks to dead people semi regularly thanks to all the holograms. <laughs> but she does try to explain this to Raz and point out that Mara's been dead for years, but, uh,. Raz insists that that can't be right because they're making a pie tonight. It's super important, but she can't explain why. <laughs> and then we get Raz flashing back to the past, where she's being menaced by a sort of a giant boar thing, and Mara appears to save her. So we get our first full transformation sequence in a while. <laughs> I don't know if this one counts, but uh, there you go. Uh, 
just watching this very brief sequence, Mara is a very different She-Ra than Adora is. She's a lot of like acrobatic and flips and jumps instead of the whole just punch it and hope that works thing that Adora does. Mm -hmm. But uh, despite being a lot more skill and less force, uh, the boar still beats her up pretty good. (laughs) And so Raz has to jump in and save her. It's just good to know that like even uh, the Priyashira can be just so easily bodied by a random animal. (laughs) I mean, with how often Adora tries to be like, I'll stop them, and then just immediately gets fucking wrecked (laughs) like ASAP (laughs) from anything and everything. (laughs) After this episode, I actually have a theory that the wildlife on Ethereum might be She-Ra's biggest weakness, specifically because of what we're about to learn about She-Ra. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she just obviously has an aversion to having to hurt animals, because she likes animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's my headcanon. <laughs> yeah, uh, Raz can, like, mind-control the boar a little bit, so she calms it down, and then she introduces the boar to Mara, and vice versa, and for a moment I thought it was going to be her sacred steed, but no, they're just friends. Uh, (laughs) So they look around at the sort of devastation that was left by the fight, and there's a little bit of a solemn moment, but then Raz just kind of slaps Mara's hand on the ground, and the magic starts to fix stuff. Uh, Mara doesn't super get how that's happening, because she's not got her sword on her. I don't know where it went, but she doesn't have it. And uh, Raz just kind of cryptically tells her that she's She-Ra and not the sword, because the planet Etheria itself chooses who gets to be She-Ra, which is what I'm talking about with their wildlife being her weakness, right? If the planet picks her, then maybe she's got an inherent weakness to stuff that spawns from the planet. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just weak to animal type. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, it's like it's but, like the reverse of Bloodborne, where all the uh, the beast creatures have a weakness to any of the weapons that have like serrated edges and stuff, like the werewolf-looking guys. It's just the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that until well after I'd been in Bloodborne, because I just used the the sword that you can put into a giant gravestone to make it to a big hammer. <laughs> and well, it's like, oh, neat. well, <laughs> turns out uh, maybe I played well not wrong, but maybe I should have used a different weapon. But at the same time, <laughs> I could put a little sword into a giant fucking stone head, uh, like, gravestone, and just beat people to shit with it. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good decision to me. <laughs> well, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't use the sword that you can put into a bigger sword. I just used the other one. Because <laughs> well. that is also a different weapon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's a start. Yeah, so basically Mara's bosses, up up the chain of command, they claimed that they picked her and gave her the sword and that the sword gave her the powers, but Raz insists that that's not the case because She-Ra has always been a part of Etheria way before the first ones got here. We still don't get a name for the first ones despite talking about them kind of a lot. Uh, (laughs) Mara talks some about how much she loves this planet and how important it is to her to protect it and how she's duty-bound to do that, but... Also, she doesn't super know what's going on. The part of Etheria Project is doing something weird and big to the planet, and she has no idea what. She's already kind of doubting that High Command is, like, good. And this has not helped at all when Raz tells her that while the first ones may have made the sword, they did not make She-Ra. And uh, then Raz snaps back to the future, where Adora is very confused about the half of a conversation yeah, she it, heard. You missed the perfect opportunity to say that she snaps back to reality. Up there goes gravity. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, I mostly would just say think of that because there's so many times listening to uh, 
the uh, people over at Got It Memorized talking about Kingdom Hearts use that all the time because there are so many times where people leave reality to go to an actual like fake world or whatever, then come back to it in Kingdom Hearts. Okay, also, that's also fair. in the world, but if we were going to do that, we should have done it during Perfect World. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think about it back then. Also, did uh, did Mario's transformation count as a full transformation, or we don't count that because it's not Adora? <laughs> I mean, up to you. You said at the beginning that it had to be that specific mm, season one transformation I guess, sequence. Yeah, so. it, I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> like by that metric, most of the transformations have not counted because they changed slightly. True. Well, I mean, yeah. hey, to be fair, I have not been writing down the count for a while now because there hasn't been one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just make note of when there is one at this point. I do want to say, um, so Mara is, she's she's a black person mm-hmm. normally, but when she transforms into She-Ra, her skin turns kind of weird and orangey. I don't know what that is. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just because they tried to give it a yellow glow and didn't do the skin tone very well, but yeah, it's it's a weird look. <laughs> I'm now Googling because I didn't notice that. I want to see if it shows that on the wiki. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think it might just be like the uh, the glowing effect. It just looks a bit strange. Yeah, because like, because so. like, if I remember correctly, this is like the only time we ever see. Well, the first time so far we've seen her transform, and considering that you know she's dead, she's probably not gonna have another transformation. Season <laughs> season <laughs> show. That would make sense. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I would expect that considering she's been a corpse for a long time. <laughs> If yeah, not, we're probably no. not going to get another Raz flashback episode, that's fair. Mm, yep. <laughs> not with one season left to go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird to think that there's only, like, what, like, three more in the season after these two that we did, and then it's like, well, we're on the last season already. <laughs> yep, sure are. <laughs> yeah, uh, when Adora kind of confronts her, Raz actually starts crying, talks about how long she's been waiting, and... Mara had promised that she would come back and then never did, and this is when Adora realizes somehow, and I'm not super sure how she realizes this, but Raz is acting out her past as a way to jumpstart her memories. She's, like, basically doing the same things so that she'll be snapped into those moments, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Raz talks about how the First Ones had a plan for Mara, and that Raz couldn't save her, and that she succeeded, but she was never meant to, and... uh, that uh, Mara left a message. Uh, uh, Raz essentially is there to pass it along, but there's something evil in the heart of Etheria, and it is beginning to awaken once more. But then she sort of rushes off because they don't have much time left, and they head back to the cottage. But by the time they get there, Raz has completely forgotten the conversation they just had. So Asadora tries to reason through the fact that Mara must have been afraid of something on Etheria to seal them in Despondos. Raz just makes her pie. And uh, this is where I get a little frustrated with Adora, and, like, I get it, she's upset, she's scared, she wants information, and she thinks Raz knows something, but she's just really all out on begging Raz to remember and know stuff, and, like, I get it, but begging a dementia patient to remember things does not make them remember things. not great. You're not gonna help your, like, all you're doing is probably getting on their nerves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 weird, and I don't like it very much. But I understand where it's coming from. But mm-hmm. we do get a cute—well, not a cute, but a, a sort of a soft moment with Raz here. Real vulnerability, because 
she can't remember, and it really bothers her. And having Andorra beg her to do that is not helping. But the way she jumps around in time actually causes her a lot of distress, even if she plays it kind of cool. <laughs> but then we're back in the past, and we see Mara enter the cottage hurt and scared. She figured out what the heart of Etheria is, and we get like a flash of light in the background. And when it does, Mara's eyes light up, and she just sort of starts to barf light out of her mouth. But when the flash is over, those effects end too. <laughs> it's honestly, it is so weird looking. It's. She she looks full on exorcist in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um she says that there's no time left to stop the activation and she has to get to her ship, but Braz doesn't seem to understand, and she's moved past that vulnerable moment now. She's just happy and excited and talking about her pie. And Mara promises to come back tomorrow, saying that you know, maybe she can't stop whatever's happening, but she won't let it hurt anyone. Uh, she starts to glow more and more as she's moving through the forest, and the sword starts to just, like, lightsaber a trench into the ground as she's absorbing magic from all over the planet. But she's able to, like, drop it, point down in the forest in a secluded spot where it won't be found for a thousand years. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> somehow nobody looks around the entire forest and finds the sword. <laughs> it's weird that nobody noticed the, like, giant scar carved into the earth by the laser yeah sword. also that <laughs> but yeah even without her the sword is still drawing magic but uh, then we're back in the future and it's time for pie <laughs> Adora and Swifty are asleep but they wake up as Raz kind of takes off into the night with the pie <laughs> so they follow her out into the dark um, and this is a very neat sequence we get flashes of Raz following Mara through woods that are like decaying and losing all their magic but we're also flashing between that and the past as Adora is following her. It's like a, a weird kind of psychedelic back and forth thing. But uh, eventually in the present, we cut to Mara's ship, which has been brought back from the waste and placed exactly where it was in the past, conveniently enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bo managed to somehow put it in the exact right spot where it has to be. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bo is here. He's working underneath the console, and uh, Raz scares the crap out of him when she realizes he's not Mara, but IMO, he deserves it for working on a ship alone in the middle of the night in the middle of the woods. So, yeah. like, <laughs> I get that you're the only artificer, but, you know, maybe close the door if you don't want someone to sneak up on you. Yeah, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Adora still has the data key from earlier, and so, with a little prompting from Raz, she uses it to activate a hologram sequence, and as Adora and Bo watch that, we see the memory of it. Uh, it's like the same thing, but different perspectives. I'm not super sure how Raz remembers this, because she isn't in the scene, but I guess she was nearby spying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, essentially, what we see is Mara working frantically to, like, disable everything that she can on the ships, and she gets rid of the targeting systems as the uh, Light Hope that we're more familiar with shows up, sort of demanding to know where the sword is, and Mara rejects it and says that's not her anymore, but Light Hope insists that this is her destiny, and then uh, Mara rejects that. She says that uh, She-Ra's destiny was to be part of a machine, and she won't let that ever be used again. But the trouble is, the heart has been activated and cannot be stopped, so uh, that's an issue. Light Hope it. insists... Hmm? A little bit. 
Yeah, just a small one. <laughs> uh, Light Hope insists that this will bring peace uh, somehow, <laughs> question mark. Well, yeah, if you genocide an entire uh, galaxy's worth of people, then obviously there's peace because <laughs> there's nobody there to do anything. I guess, but she also says it'll make Mara a hero, which is not super the case. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, Mara, though, refuses to destroy planets in order to achieve peace, and uh, Light Hope sort of reiterates that this is her destiny, but then Mara accuses her of not being Light Hope. The, the thing is, it is, they took away her girlfriend and reprogrammed her, and now all that's left is the murder OS. Mm-hmm. Yeah... Don't like this very much. No. I mean, you take what you can get, but, uh, lesbian tragedy, am I right? Mm-hmm. Can't believe they sent Light Hope to conversion therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Mara tearfully kills the walking corpse of her girlfriend before opening the portal into Despondos and pulling the entire planet with her. Uh, not super sure what happens with the weapon here, it just kind of turns off. And I don't know why, because we were told multiple times that you can't do that. Yeah, it's, uh, maybe there'll be a little bit more of an explanation when we actually get to, like, uh, frickin' <laughs> presumably the end of this season. Maybe. Like, at a guess, I would say that maybe what happened is that it fired, but they're in Despondos, so there's nothing there for it to hit. That's that's the best I got. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. Either way, um... Then there's, like, a personal message from Mara specifically left for Adora, and she knows about Adora because Raz told her about her, so, like, now we got some weird causality stuff going on, but she left the last message, and it's, we get the same speech that we heard before about how, if there's another She-Ra, she failed, and talking about how being She-Ra wasn't bad until the weapon happened, and how you can't trust Light Hope because she's been programmed to fire the weapon at all costs, and... Then we get the reveal that the heart of the Theria is the core of the planet. The first ones redirected the natural flow of magic through the planet so that it would just condense there like a battery filling with power constantly. This was apparently originally intended to be a power source, like, uh, you know, a solar battery or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the first ones decided, nah, we've just got that uh, huge reservoir of energy. Let's turn the planet into a gun. Let's make a death star. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I mean, my my last year, my note, my last note for this episode is: Did did Andy get inspiration from the sequel trilogy of having a planet be a weapon? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it is very much reminding me of Star Killer Base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole reason Mara put the planet into Despondos is to make sure that this weapon could never be used and couldn't hurt anyone, but. She says that she saw all the people that she would hurt or kill and refused to be a part of it, but I don't super know how she did that. Maybe a future site thing? I don't know. Mm. Uh, either way, the heart is still siphoning magic after all these th- hundreds of years. It's it's way worse than it used to be because it's just overloaded. There's so much power in the core that the planet would just explode if it ever went off again. And uh, Mara feels like she failed on account of how Adora is a She-Ra, and that means that she failed. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, there's that one fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried my best. <laughs> <laughs> but she kind of leaves the whole matter in Adora's hands and says that she'll be more powerful than the first ones ever wanted her to be, and that Mara believes in her. 
And uh, then Adora realizes just how deeply and truly she's been betrayed and lied to and starts to cry as Raz leaves the pie on the seat of Mara's command chair. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, like I said at the top, it is at least like a really interesting uh, framework for it with it always jumping back and forth between the past and the present. Yeah, absolutely. Raz is a great narrative to win this. I mean, apart from her character. But I gotta say, that moment with the pie at the ch- and the chair at the very end there, that that is the only time I've cried during She-Ra so far. <laughs> yeah, no, surprisingly, I still haven't at all during this show. Um, we'll see. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen in the I, I, first like, three I, episodes I, I, of I, season five. Maybe. Like, I came kinda close when, uh... When Angela, who has done jack shit the entire show, finally decided that she do something and die, or yeah, get stuck between dimensions, not really die. Maybe. Hey, now listen, no emotion there. She deserved <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be again, to be fair, she did jack shit, <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you're doing one thing at least, which is dying and letting your daughter become a their person as a result. <laughs> I like the part where she in no way prepared her daughter for anything that she would have to do yep, in the future. Sure did, and uh <laughs> Ah god, we just continue the uh the glimmer makes all the worst decisions possible train in the next episode, huh? Yeah, we're still in the dark glimmer arc. <laughs> yeah. I think what I would say about this episode is that I really like the structure and I super enjoy what they're trying to do here. I just feel like because it is a kid's show, Raz has to be a lot more repetitive than she would, I think, if it were aimed at an older audience. Yeah. Because she has to make sure that you understand what's going on. She's, like, the fulcrum of the entire plot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, like, it's it's weird to think about that this show that has a cast of characters that are, like, in their late teens has, is made for a much younger target audience than, like, Owl House, in a sense, because it's, like, Owl House, you would think, is, like, a show more for, like, 10 to 14 year olds but they also trust the audience to be able to think <laughs> and put yeah. two together <laughs> like we don't have Luz really saying like and I'm really sad because this is the anniversary of my dad's death it's like she just has to say this is the anniversary of my dad dying and that explains everything for the whole episode of why she's acted the way she has Yeah, like they trust you to put two and two together but in this it's like not as much weirdly enough <laughs> Yeah, like I mentioned at the top that Raz was just going to be constantly talking about her pie and what an important day it is, and she reiterates that almost in every scene she's in, but she never says why. Mm-hmm. And, like, we we get what's up with the pie at the end, clearly. That's something she's obsessed with, but it's so much that it feels really overbearing, and I think they could have lightened up on that a little. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've already alluded to Glimmer being bad still, so I guess we should just get into her wanting to openly do a genocide, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Glimmer, how did you get... How did it get to the point where... And this is something I should probably mention later on, but it's like, remember in the season two intro when I was annoyed with Frosta being the annoying little kid? And somehow (laughs) it's flipped around where it's like, I like Frosta now more than Glimmer. That's because Frosta's better than Glimmer now. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what happened here? That it's like, I was so annoyed with, like, Frosta being just the overeager kid character. And now she's the one being responsible and knowing that you shouldn't just do a whole genocide to try to deal with an enemy force just because you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh... 
Uh, yeah, unless there's anything else, I guess we should just get into it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yep. As I say, uh, Dark Glimmer arc, we, we still got some time to go, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the, the dimmer arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, well with that, uh, Season 4, Episode 10, Fractures, uh, continues the weird tradition of them having single-word titles for a lot of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it opens with Glimmer learning more magic from Shadow Weaver, using Devil Trouble as a guinea pig, essentially, because they're just standing there in, I guess now, like, Devil Trouble at least took over Shadow Weaver's couch to just sit on something, because <laughs> they're in the same prison cell that Shadow Weaver used to be in. Yeah, this feels... Bad. Evil. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's glimmer. It's it's dimmer at this point, so yes, it it feels bad, <laughs> and she's learning directly from Shadow Weaver, so it feels even worse. <laughs> but yeah, but she's just using Double Treble to test the true spell again that she's tried before and had fail, and they try to play it up like it had worked, but then just or like, yeah, no, uh, you're full of shit. Your spell's shit. It doesn't work. <laughs> Fuck you. And Dora returns to call a meeting about what she had learned previously. And Double Trouble, of course, being the shit that they are, capitalizes on that with uh, spreading more division between them by questioning why Adora has the authority to do so and command the Queen to do stuff. And Glimmer's obviously pissed. Because <laughs> that's Glimmer's entire emotional uh, range at this point, just being pissed. <laughs> but yeah, she teleports away to go to this meeting as Shadow Weaver glares at Double Trouble, who's just that smirky little shit. <laughs> And we go and join their war council meeting where Dora and Bo show everybody the heart of Etheria stuff that they had learned previously from Mars recording. And shit. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, well, you know, I gotta give Double Trouble this. They did get caught really fast and easy, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, they are, now that they're just them, they're the smuggest little monster like no one's business and i love them yeah like I mean, again uh, they play uh imposter really badly but they're able to somehow still spread a lot of like distrust even once they've been ejected <laughs> it's like it's like in their like uh, the end uh what's it called the uh emergency meeting when they were found out they were like oh they definitely said some shit that really cast a lot of suspicion on everybody else involved <laughs> even oh, though yeah. it's like <laughs> and yet somehow nobody realized that they did not single out one other person who was obviously the imposter as a result <laughs> no actually double trouble would be the same person that would definitely like try to also throw the other imposter under the bus and like everybody else would be like oh obviously it can't be them then because why would they throw their fellow imposter under the bus? Ooh, you, ne yeah, you never, point. you never expect it. <laughs> it's like it's why sometimes when like if you're imposter and your other imposter gets caught, you just have to also be like, oh yeah, no, I definitely saw you, vent fucker. Yeah, get rid of them. You have to play it up because it's like if they're already fucked, you gotta throw them under the bus to protect yourself. You can't just remain <laughs> silent because everybody knows that you're the other imposter. <laughs> uh, Amukas. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh. Shadow Weaver goes and shows up at their little meeting to ask them if there wouldn't be a way to channel the Heart of Etheria's power to their advantage, because of course she's doing that, because she's Shadow Weaver. And of course, Dimmer also agrees, since they could potentially supercharge their magic a bit. I don't know why she makes this assumption that it's like, oh yeah, we could definitely somehow find a way to absorb the magic of a giant death laser that would kill multiple planets worth of people and somehow use it ourselves, in our bodies. This makes total sense. <laughs> should I should I keep calling her Dimmer? It's 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 funny, but also it's a little annoying to have to just call her Dimmer. 
I think we can stick with Glimmer. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't like the sound of. Well, it's like it's like, like a dim- it it's like, a, it's like a dimmer switch. Sparkles, yeah, she's but... she's sparkly and she's putting a dimmer switch on the sparkles by being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Adora and Bo obviously say no because they don't want to use the genocide laser to try and channel it somehow and not have it wipe out everybody. And... Yeah, I mean, general rule of thumb: if the genocide laser will blow up your whole planet, yeah, then, you don't uh, want to re- do it. Yeah, you don't really want to take the risk of. Well, maybe we can figure it out. If we fuck it up, well, then it's just gonna genocide laser all of us. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. When they obviously say no, Glimmer shows them the horde's progress and the hologram about taking over more of the planet, and says they need to ask Light Hope how the heart works because, of course, Glimmer wants to just murder everybody possible. And Adora once again refuses, saying that Light Hope just wants the weapon fired and that she's obviously the bad guy here. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort to be the an act- the actual villain when you're dealing with a fucking uh, fascist occupying force, but uh, Light Hope managed. <laughs> <laughs> and with them just at each other's throats again, Bo hastily asks for a five minute break for everybody. <laughs> Uh, and while they do yeah, that, Bo used to be a lot better at the conflict resolution thing. <laughs> yeah, now he's just like, can we just uh, take a break <laughs> rather than trying to figure things out? Yeah. But yeah. But while they do that, we go over to the fright zone where Captain's scouring security camera footage for Scorpia, but of course finds nothing because Scorpia's not in the fright zone anymore. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And Lonnie and Rogelia return with. I'm pretty sure this is Kyle, because we see them carrying Kyle again later on, but this person has their helmet on, so it's not... Yeah, that very well could just be a regular yeah, that's what that's what, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, well, Kyle dies all the time, but like that's what I thought, thought, but then the next time they show up after coming back again, they have Kyle with them, so I thought this might have been Kyle, potentially even like when they were getting back from that weird rain stuff belting them, and like maybe Kyle still had the helmet on just for his safety or whatever. I don't know. I mean, the, the time frame of that is weird because also that episode was like what five episodes ago. So I feel like they <laughs> definitely feel like uh, they definitely caught up, even if that episode was a little bit in the past or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. But they all get back, and Katra tries to send them back out after they apparently just worked a double shift. So of course, Katra is like one of the worst bosses possible. <laughs> and Lonnie just glad at her about that, but does not say anything and they she does actually like go along with her orders or Gilio and the other guy follow them <laughs> or follow her at this at the time being at least <laughs> but yeah Catra's uh clearly losing it a bit because <laughs> uh scorpion's fucking left her uh yeah she is definitely yeah. right in the middle of a manic episode and there is no one who can deal with that yep Yes, uh, back in Bright Moon, the princesses tried different permutations of the simulation and just keep seeing the planet explode again and again. <laughs> <laughs> and Glimmer continues to argue that they need to use it after all the things they've lost, and I feel like she's really just talking about her mom here. <laughs> when it's like, yeah, I get that you're still depressed about your mom dying, but your mom did that to make sure that the rest of the planet wouldn't die, and now you want to make the, run the risk of the planet dying of your own action, Glimmer. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't uh, strike me as a good uh, trade off for your mom sacrificing her life to save the planet from exploding, and then you want to go and risk the planet exploding. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Glimmer's an idiot at this point. Yeah, I do feel like we should point out how uh, how much Frosta has grown because you know once upon a time she would have been all about watching the pan- oh, planet. Oh yeah, no, explode, definitely. But here yeah. she's falling asleep watching it blow up. So yeah, she she's uh, yeah she and the rest of the princesses do not know what the fuck to do like. 
because uh, like perfume is using like the whole like flower petals he loves me he loves me not kind of thing so like being like do we use the, the genocide laser or not the gen use the genocide laser to try to help decide her mind and uh, i don't super know why if i'm honest like this I, seems like the easiest decision in the world to me yeah but at the same time again all these people are not really smart and they definitely do not have a leader that can make the right choice on uh, her own so they are definitely not sure what to do <laughs> like Warfare 101, the only reason the Horde are winning now is because Hordak took the field with that arm laser of his. Just go gank him and you win. The end. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, well, do they? Yeah, no, they've fought him before. They've seen him with the, the Mega Man cannon, yeah, so they know he has that. <laughs> but also, again, as we'll get to soon, there's a very good idea that they could come up with, which is simply find the person who made the tech that could make the cannon. Which is not Hordak. <laughs> it's a very different person. Which becomes a huge argument later on, but we'll get there in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes. Uh, like I said, the other princesses are trying to decide what to do. Perfume is doing that flower thing. Frost is just falling asleep. Vermista is fully in favor of doing the genocide laser. It's not great. Vermista, you were like my favorite princess character besides Scorpia like a few episodes ago. How did you already not, good, not become good? <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> So my friend's there just hanging out, and he's just asking why he doesn't have a chair when the new person does, and they're not paying attention to who the new person is. For the new person apparently ends up being a Scorpio, because she says that, oh no, I'm just sitting on top of Emily. <laughs> Which, <laughs> apparently, once again proving that the Bright Moon Guards do jack shit here at all, because they, yeah. they, they somehow didn't catch... Like, Scorpio, bless her heart, but she is a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, she would definitely be caught trying to sneak in anywhere. Like, I get that she has military training, but Scorpia is, is too much of a, the, the joke kind of character to not get caught immediately. And also, she has a robot with her. How did nobody <laughs> notice the big robot? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's, Emily I, took a stealth proficiency when she got her character levels. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, both Emily and Scorpia leveled up and got an ASI, so they both took skill experts to get stealth proficiency and expertise. That explains it. <laughs> They also both multi-classed into... Well, no, they had to take, like, three levels in any, like, major spellcasting class to get invisibility. <laughs> Maybe they got this guy's self. They both they both multi-classed into Artificer, if Emily wasn't really an Artificer, and they got uh, this guy's self. Because weird enough, that's on the Artificer spell list. It's weird to think about that, because Artificers don't seem like the sneakiest kind of people, but maybe so. <laughs> but yes, they're just there hanging out, listening <laughs> on this whole stuff, and the princess finally realized that Scorpius there... And of course, uh, Scorpio tries to explain, but they all immediately attack her because all they see is a horde person. <laughs> and Scorpio runs away from them, repeatedly trying to explain herself, but she kind of just accidentally skewers Perfuma with her paralytic stinger <laughs> at one point, just saying it's a force of habit because Perfuma snuck up on her a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's able to finally blurt out to them that she just wants their help to save Entrapta, which makes them hesitate. <laughs> Uh, but back over with Katra, she continues to search for footage and starts even hearing Scorpia in her desperation, but obviously no one is there, because Scorpia is obviously in bright mood at this point. <laughs> we just saw her. <laughs> and she once again finds Lonnie, Regelio, and now Kyle, if it wasn't Kyle earlier, returning from their third shift exhausted, and Lonnie's like, fuck you, I'm not going out a fourth time, but she just grabs her to demand what the other soldiers are talking about, because she kind of thinks that people are talking about her behind their back. Because she's just cracking even more at this point. Just having her mental state deteriorate even more. To the point where she's making up slights about herself. <laughs> and Lonnie just tries to tell her that everybody's just fucking exhausted. And would be fine if they could get some rest. 
And at this point, Catra accidentally lets up to her that thinks we find that Scorpio is here to fully tell Lonnie what the fuck is actually going on that Scorpio deflect defected because Catra at this point can't keep anything a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she shouts at Lonnie to leave and she once again tries to reach Double Trouble on her little, like, radar sonar panel thing that's apparently also Skype, I guess, but obviously Double Trouble is prisoner and doesn't have anything more, so she doesn't get a response either. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Catra is not having a fun time because she also breaks that that communicator thing that she has, which I get is like the only way that I mean obviously she could talk to people with her like communicator badge, but I guess if you want Skype, you need to use the app. I guess <laughs> they don't have holograms built into those uh, badges. I guess so you gotta use an iPad. I guess. Yeah, oh. those iPads, they break real easy also. At, like... They sure do. She throws it, she like kind of just casually tosses it aside, not even like throwing it on the ground real hard. She just kind of tosses it and it just smashes in two immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is the third or fourth one of them that we've seen shatter. So yeah. I, I think they really need to work on their um, uh, 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 material standards. Yeah, I've dropped my fucking phone on the ground on like the hard like asphalt multiple times at this point, and it still miraculously hasn't busted in the last year. So I don't know what they're making these things out of. <laughs> I mean, the horde doesn't have vegetables, so maybe the horde also doesn't have the right materials to properly make tech stuff, considering how long they've been sitting around, apparently not being able to take out the Princess Alliance that has been sitting on their asses mostly for the last thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, back over in Bright Moon, uh, Perfuma reluctantly ties Scorpio up with vines, and like Scorpio apologizes to her <laughs> because she kind of stabbed her, but she's kind of okay with him over it already. And Glimmer demands to know why Scorpio and Emily are there, and Scorpio, of course, being Scorpio, gets a bit distracted thinking that Catra will beat it to the now that she's left. But then uh, eventually appeals to them by knowing how they're such good friends, and then she just wants to help and trap the because she stood aside and let Catra screw over and trap them and send her to. Beast Island. <laughs> gotta, gotta say, I've never said it before, but like this show having like all the female characters have names that end in A, saying multiple character names like Scorpia and Trap the Catcher right back to back to each other. I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't slipped over it at, at times. Which yeah. is so many of the names being so similar just because they all have the, the usual like feminine ending of a name with A at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, we both girl. slipped up with Perfuma a lot at the beginning, but that's that was, just because that of her was country. Be yeah, that was because Perfuma's nation makes more sense as her name of, like, I don't even remember what it is at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm now googling Perfuma to find out, I guess. Uh, rather than go through my notes. <laughs> uh, right, Plumeria. Plumeria makes so much, like, sounds better as a name rather than Perfuma. <laughs> Yeah. Especially because she has more to do with flowers rather than scents, but I know flowers have scents, but still. <laughs> so yeah, whatever. So yeah, they all know that Catra Sand and Chapter Beast Down at this point, and Shadow Weaver confirms that Beast Down is indeed real and terrible. <laughs> Just that everybody's, everything they heard was right. Beast Down is worst. And Bill concludes that Entrapta would be their best chance to shut down the heart, because she's the only person on this fucking planet that actually understands the first one's tech. <laughs> Why none of them thought of this? Well, I guess, to be fair, they only found out about the Heart of Etheria properly a few hours ago, maybe at this point, but it's like, <laughs> why was your first immediate response to not immediately, we need to find Entrapta and convince her about this stuff? <laughs> but, yes. but yeah, they... Well, they yeah, that's, that's yeah. very true. I guess they would... Because at this point, they would still think that Entrapta actively betrayed true. them to the yeah, Horde. Yeah, they, so. they do think that she is actively working with the Horde, which... 
I feel like at this point, Scorpia probably could have also mentioned, oh yeah, no, by the way, uh, she she tried to, like, she really stayed there because she thought y'all left her, and also she definitely got cold feet when she realized that the portal could destroy the planet and wanted to stop it. <laughs> so that it's like... That would be nice of her. But... <laughs> that, that would, like, it would be, like, two sentences to also be like, hey, also, by the way, Entrapta also had second thoughts about the Horde stuff. So yeah. I feel like she would be easily convinced to help you guys out if you just went and found her kind of deal. It might be but the case, no. but yeah, <laughs> but she doesn't get a chance to say that. Because, of course, like, uh, when she brings it up, Adora, Bo, Scorpion, Swiftwind are all in on the plan to go to be silent and get entrapped, but Glimmer, of course, being the asshole that she is, shuts them all down, and rather than staying to talk to everybody about it, she teleports just Bo and Adora away to try to pull rank on them. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just fully tells them that they can't decide for themselves what to do, and that no one comes back from be silent from what they had heard. And that she doesn't want to risk the horde being left alone at the time being for them to go and spend time helping Entrapta. Which, I guess, to be fair, yeah, there is at least some sensibility there of, like, yeah, the horde is being left to their own devices. But still, <laughs> again, Glimmer just not at this point saying that she just really wants to do a genocide, even though it's, like, pretty obvious Glimmer just wants to do a genocide. And Bo, yeah. 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 And Bo I, does. I just hmm. wish that she could. I don't know, not even see reason, but, like, everything she's doing right now is motivated by pure ego. There's no, like... Yeah, she she became queen, and she and me let the power of being queen go to her head, and she's like, I get to do whatever what is right. Nobody else gets to say in this matter. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you, yeah, your mom might not have done anything, but she at least still took counsel from other people and still gave you the actual permission to do those fucking crazy-ass missions y'all did throughout the last couple yeah. seasons. But yes. Uh, Bo just once again argues that they have to go help Entrapta to stop the heart, and Glimmer then says that asking light about the heart could get and help them turn the tide against the horde and make rescuing Entrapta easier later on. And the Dora retorts saying that Lighthope can't be trusted for betraying Mara and wanting to just kill every fucking person in <laughs> planets worth of people. <laughs> And when Glimmer tries to get Bo on her side, he she, uh, you know, he tells her that she is just flat out wrong, and it's like, no, fuck you, we're not doing a genocide. And then she finally fully pulls her royal authority rank on them and tells them that they're not allowed to leave the castle without permission. So Glimmer again just being a full asshole. Yeah, that's true, but also like, I don't understand this move here. I get that she feels disrespected and, like, they're going to do their own thing without her. But also, how can she possibly think that this is the move, right? Like, if you forbid them to leave the castle, they're just going to leave the castle. They're already rebels. What are they going to do? How many times did uh, her own mom tell her and her friends not to do X and then they immediately went to do X? Like, she knows Adora and Bo are going to do this anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And, And also, it's like, this is something I thought of just in general. Why, like, Glimmer says that she wants to, like, talk things through about this with them. And it's like, why did they not be like, okay, here's the deal. We'll go get Entrapta. We'll see if she can find any way to potentially harness some power of this to help against the Horde. If she can't, then we say fuck it and blow it up. That's making a compromise. And Glimmer, if they actually brought it up, Glimmer would also, of course, say, no, we just need to fucking do it. <laughs> Because Glimmer (laughs) is just being a genocidal idiot at the moment. But it's like, that's still at least 
progress. It's like, yeah, you at least would all be on the same page. It's like you have an agreement of like, yes, okay, we will try and do something here with this if Entrapta, the sole person on this fucking planet that knows this shit, could actually figure out how to do it safely <laughs> and not just do a genocide on all or some of the planet. And if not, then we blow it up and at least, hey, you have Entrapta on your side again, and she could help you out in different ways by trying to make you tech to fight the Horde. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that part never comes up that they might be like, oh, helping Entrapta and getting her on our side again would at least make us have an advantage because we'd have the one person that knows this shit again, even if we can't use the heart of Ethereum at all. <laughs> but no, Glimmer, of course, just wants to murder every motherfucker <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly do not know where this came from. Like, yeah. we've seen a little bit of her arc, but unless Shadow Weaver is, like, mind-controlling her on the sly, this does not make sense to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, I thought that they had kind of figured this shit out back when Glimmer was, like, mad and annoyed and depressed back in, like, the season 4 premiere, when they helped her do the coronation thing with the big worm that is apparently just hanging out there and couldn't do anything to help in the battle. <laughs> and oh, well, never I mean, that was different, though. Yeah, but it's like, that what I'm still like, it was like, okay, it's like, obviously things are tough, but they're gonna at least try to figure it out together, and then Glimmer's immediately gone off the deep end and be like, alright, well, fuck these two, I'm gonna go get advice from Adora's main abusive manipulator from her childhood yeah. <laughs> to give me advice instead, and it's like, why did you immediately jump to that? <laughs> <laughs> you... you... If Glimmer really wanted advice, she could go talk to her aunt. She's also a sorceress. This is true. <laughs> and also not evil. <laughs> mm -hmm. But no, I guess the show even forgets that Cassa's spell exists considering she was in two episodes entirely, the entire show so far. No, three, right. Yeah, because, uh, wait, was, no, she wasn't even in the flashback episode about Shadow Weaver, was she? Uh, no, I don't believe she yeah, was. Yeah, no, I don't think so, because that was, like, several, that was, like, 30 years ago at the start of, like, Hordak's arrival and stuff, I feel like, and so, like, she was probably not she even born. She might have been there as, like, a background character or something, because yeah. she did say at other times that she and Micah learned magic together, so uh, yeah. she would have been the same kid age that he was in that episode. I'm looking up to see if Cassis Bella was in that episode. <laughs> Uh, apparently there was one point she was helping them out in Bright Moon to defend Etheria from the Horde attacks in Season 2? I do not remember that. <laughs> huh. News to me. Oh, and no, apparently it only listed as her only appearance in Season 2, and then her next appearance was in Season 4 at the Coronation, and Season 3 was when we got Shadow Beaver's flashback. So, hmm. yeah, I guess she just wasn't in that episode. Yeah, I guess not. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, just like how the show constantly forgets Castabella exists to the point where she's in the show like a handful of times, like five, <laughs> it seems like maybe overall. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess Glimmer even forgets her, forgets her aunt who is a sorceress exists. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> like you said, we're not going to get the conclusion that Dark Glimmer by before the end of season four, so it's going to be annoying for a while longer. <laughs> yep. Great. But yes, uh, getting back to it, uh, Frosty goes and leads Scorpio off to a hoarding, uh, holding cell, which is really just the only spare room left in Bright Moon, and it's very nice and flowery and stuff, <laughs> just like everything. <laughs> and she's excited about everything there, and is like fascinated by the uh, vegetables that Perfuma brings her to eat, <laughs> because apparently the Horde doesn't have vegetables. <laughs> So she doesn't seem to like them very much, which no, is a surprise. She, yeah, she, she tries. Scorpions liked eating leaves. 
No, scorpions usually like actually are like predatory. They mostly like use their stinger to paralyze other bugs and then eat them. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there's. You need to go yeah, fluttering at you here. Yeah, their stingers aren't really like uh like. I mean, they're not really like weapons that much. They're mostly just to like restrain it. Uh, like if they can't like, well, usually they would actually grab things in their pincers and then use the the jabby thing to I think liquefy or fully paralyze <laughs> and then eat the target or whatever. I don't know. Bugs. <laughs> Scorpions are cool, but also kind of creepy looking. <laughs> mostly, mostly because it's the stinger. It's like I, I feel like, I mean, scorpions probably aren't really that much of an actual threat to people, but and also there's a bunch of animals that can like easily fuck them up. But like, they're still <laughs> kind of imposing. They are still a bug with a stinger and big claws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, they usually don't leave vegetables to my recollection. From my recollection. Well, I don't know why not. Bugs should eat plants. The end. <laughs> Not every bug eats plants. Spiders eat other bugs. Spiders don't eat plants. Spiders aren't bugs. True, true they're arachnids, and I feel like scorpions are too. Uh, scorpions are not arachnids, but they are arthropods, so... Oh, right, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Right. Wait, no, Google says scorpions are arachnids, and they have eight legs like their cousins. That doesn't... Mm, I'm gonna have to fight Google. Uh... <laughs> Spiders and scorpions are considered to be two of the most feared animals. Both of these creatures are classified as arachnids, and along with mites, ticks, and harvest men possess eight legs. They also have, both have two body segments, including the cephalothorax and the abdomen. Yeah, I'm gonna fight Google, don't worry about it. Hmm. Scorpions are Wait. obviously lobsters and not spiders. Arachnid, any member of the arthropod group that includes spiders, daddy long legs, scorpions, and in the subclass Akari, the mites and ticks, as well as lesser known groups. So I guess they're both? Mm. Ma <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting into a fucking uh, nature lesson here, apparently. <laughs> but scorpions. Welcome to bug talk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. This, of course, also brings up the question I have of, like, do the Horde even at least have, like, vegetable supplements? Like, at least the nutrients you get from them? But as, like... I mean, we've seen that they have those, like, energy bar kind of things, and I'm just, like, immediately thinking of, like, the bars that they fed people on uh, Snowpiercer. Of, like, well... well I mean, yeah, the, the nutrient bars. They come in brown and gray. That's all yeah. you need to eat. The end. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> But yes, uh, Perfumina goes to get pillows for Scorpia, despite Frost's insistence that this is not a sleepover, even though it definitely becomes a sleepover in about two minutes. <laughs> and <laughs> then she just immediately uh, starts asking how, Scorpia about how tough she is and if her pincers are strong and like what they can do. And she actually just ends up making Scorpia cry about how the Horde had told her that she would never fit in with the princesses, and yet she's apparently had such a nicer time just hanging out with them, even as their prisoner, than ever as a, sol as a Horde soldier, which is also I depressing. I do think it's a little interesting here, because she said before that she just never fit in with the other princesses, mm -hmm. that they treated her different. But here it kind of seems like she never even tried, that the Horde just told her that that would be the case, and she believed them. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. It's it's interesting. Yeah, because especially because like even like Frost like brings up of like yeah she used to also think that she wouldn't fit in but then she realized that like kind of none of the princesses actually fit in together and that's what like brought them together in a weird way. <laughs> so I guess the princess the princess alliance are all weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they? I, I mean, a lot of them are queer and trans, so I guess they get uh, yeah. membership cards too. That counts. 
I, I feel like we have to avoid uh, telling Glimmer when the meetings are, though. She gets the card, just this way we don't have to have that whole argument with her, but like we definitely tell everybody, like, please don't tell Glimmer when the meeting is. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, y'all know Glimmer is just a downer, just wants to do genocide. Let's, let's try to just avoid her. <laughs> yeah, that would be... Yeah. But yes. I guess it's probably... Like, I don't know if you get this, got this, but <laughs> a lot of people... Um, there's pretty significant uh, Perfuma Scorpia shipping for this series, and this episode is a big part of why, just watching how Perfuma reacts to Scorpia existing at all. Yeah, like like after Scorpia apologized for accident here for, with the stinger, she definitely did like just make a flower on the vines that she had to put around her and all. Mm-hmm, yeah. so I was like, yeah, I, I, I could see why people would like ship the two of them together. I mean, even in the introductory scene, when Scorpia is explaining that she doesn't really know how to be friends. You can basically see Perfuma swooning on the spot. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, she definitely wants to just like give Scorpio a hug, <laughs> teach her how to be friends. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Frosted then tries to act tough. Uh, she'll be like uh, Scorpio's first guard on duty and all, but she immediately like softens and says that she would talk to Scorpio if Scorpio wants to talk. <laughs> Which again, obviously, just immediately becoming like, yep, we're just letting Scorpia in immediately because we realize that she's actually a softie <laughs> and that she's, <laughs> she definitely doesn't want to deal with the horde anymore. <laughs> she wants to be here instead. Uh, Catcher's even more tired while listening to Hordak's progress in the field of battle because he's just skyped in. And she tells them of their progress in the woods, how they're just gonna, you know, get in there deeper and deal with the princesses in the end. And then the camera sma- like view like zooms back out to show that she smashed every fucking like terminal and other piece of equipment in this entire room besides the monitor she's talking on to him on. <laughs> and as soon as he uh like hangs up the call, she immediately just starts crying because she's just really fucking desperate at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to maybe see how they get eventually to Katradora, because if Katra's even not having a good time in the Horde when she's been, like, ride or die for life at this point, uh, maybe she eventually realizes that things are shitty here and that she needs to do better. (laughs) Well, I think what's crucial to realize is that Katra does not care about the Horde. She just wants to win. Yeah. And uh, right now, she's not winning because everyone is abandoning her. (laughs) True, yeah. I mean, she was willing to blow up an entire planet just to get a W. (laughs) Exactly, that, yeah. She just had to get that battle royale, and uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tur- turns out when the rest of the planet decided they didn't want to, uh, you know, be genocided, uh, she didn't. She got that L instead of that dub, so she's pissed. <laughs> yeah, and I think at least part of it is because she's kind of been confined to base at this point. Like, yeah, like Hordak sent her back, and he's been out doing shit rather than her. Yeah, and like um, when she's out in the field, she can kind of any win she gets, she can consider that a personal win, right? But when she's stuck in base, she's not doing anything; she's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, she, so she's doing like, like she's doing like paperwork for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, th- I think the real lack of momentum combined with the helplessness combined with the fact that everyone is abandoning her is just really kicking in in a horrible way here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I said, still gonna be interested in how they get there, considering that again, <laughs> it's like <laughs> so much of this show has just been like I don't see at all how Captain Dora becomes a thing, but I know they smooch and become lesbians later on, so I'm not sure, but we'll get there, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, back over in Bright Moon, Bo and Adora do the obvious thing and sneak out of the castle, because of course they're gonna. 
and Bo isn't too happy about having the light a glimmer, but says that he left like three notes behind to explain. I feel like you don't need to leave any note as soon as she would just notice that you uh, have Enchapta or are missing. She would know what happened. But I the feel door... like leaving a note is the worst possible thing you could do for Glimmer specifically on account of how she can teleport indefinitely anywhere on the yeah, planet. Yeah, also that! <laughs> Glimmer has shown that her teleportation power has gotten really stronger to the point where she can get anywhere at a moment's notice. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like even if she just knows that they were gone, she would immediately know, oh, they're at Beast Island, I know where those fuckers are to get to them anyway, but still. Well, him, sure, but she doesn't him. know where Beast Island is, yeah. and she doesn't, like... True. Well, I if guess you try to teleport onto a moving plane, guess, that's going to be a problem. I guess probably. none of them actually really know where Beast Island is because they need the computer to bring them there. They don't know the way. <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Adora does rightfully say that Glimmer might be pissed at them, but at least she will be alive to be pissed at them, as opposed to being dead because of her self-genociding herself and everybody else. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Just blowing up the planet rather would put a crimp in your uh, getting angry style. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, Swiftwind flies down very loudly to meet them, because I guess they had arranged to, him to be there too. Uh, but of course this alerts Frosta, who's been on guard duty, and she's like a bit sleepy because she's been up for a while, and she asks them what's going on. They really... one of these people, especially maybe the warlock, the, like the, maybe the Hexadin here who has a fucking, uh, the potential to have deception should actually invest in deception because she has good charisma, <laughs> presumably. But they really poorly lied to her about her apparently dreaming and this is all not happening and it's all in her head. <laughs> Only for her to just be like, uh, you guys fucking suck. I know what's going on. Hurry up and go. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Frost at least, again, proving herself to be way better than Glimmer in just a few sentences in this episode of her being like, yeah, no, I signed up to help everybody, and the Horde are still people and don't deserve to be genocided. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, th like, they're assholes overall, but they're still people, and we should not just murder them all <laughs> with a, de Good with call. a Good death call. planet laser. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank you, Frosta, for being actually one of the better characters on this show after your not-great introduction back... Well, I guess not introduction, because it's like... Her first time that she was actually like hanging out with people more her closer to her age rather than just running Princess Prom, I guess. Yeah. I will but... say, this isn't Froster related, but I just want to touch on this before we move on. Mm -hmm. uh, Swiftwind does mention when he gets there that he kicked open every barn door he could find and now he's okay to go. <laughs> so I appreciate this. This is this is a return to our uh, horse abolitionist Swifty. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, tr he's trying to... Uh... Like he's he's doing it in bouts and pieces, but it's like he's not he's usually not actually thinking about it as much. But he's he's still at least thinking about it in times. Yeah, he does direct action sometimes, and that's yeah. more than I can say for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yes, uh, at that, Frost offers to cover for them as they leave and get tomorrow's ship. Which again, if Glimmer really wanted to make sure they couldn't get anywhere, she could have posted guards around the ship, but she did not. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, Assuming uh, she knows where it is. I would think she does, considering that Bo was fixing it there, or at least doing some last repairs to it. I feel like she's like told him to put it there, or at least for having like escorted there or whatever, with whatever I mean... system they used to bring it over, because obviously he wasn't flying it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess. I don't know, because that was just, like, out in the middle of the woods, so I would have thought it be it would be plausible for them to put it there without giving the 
the monarch a precise location, but you're right. I guess they would have had to transport it somehow. Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't do that because, again, she's an idiot, per an idiot person, and she never actually thinks to use her cards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Swiftwin just bracely brute forces his way into making the ship fly, but it heads off uncontrollably. Bo tries his own luck with it, but just basically makes it descend. Or, uh, he makes it ascend again, but it kind of just keeps going back in loop-de-loops. Until Adora hits the panel, it sends them in reverse, but she shouts it at the stop before they just slam to the ground. So it's just, it kind of reads a little bit like they were like, yeah, obviously these people don't know how to use the ship, but also we have like 20 seconds to kill, so let's just <laughs> add them to goofy shit with the ship, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but the ship's AI has their instructions, and Adora says to set the course to Beast Island as Bo just vomits everywhere. <laughs> Well, you know, we do need a comedy interlude, when, since we're getting just constant evil glimmer and arguing. You gotta have yeah, some fun, right? Basically, yeah. But at that point, we go back to Glimmer, who's talking to Double Trouble again, and she goes ahead and tries the truth spell on them again. And this time, for no reason whatsoever, really, I guess more just because Glimmer is more pissed it works instead of last time. Yes, her powers run off how evil she's being. Yeah. And, uh, like, they they realized that, like, uh, like their bit that they were trying to joke about not being able to cry in command was actually something they'd never told somebody before, so, like, oh, fuck, it's working, <laughs> fuck. And then, uh, they go ahead and just, like, gloat about how Hordak is on his way and he didn't have to take them all out and that they don't stand the chance of beating Horde Prime if they're struggling this much to deal with Hordak at all anyway. <laughs> so, fuck you, you're getting the truth out of me, but you're fucked either way. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. And then uh, Glimmer goes outside and sees the ship leaving, and Shadow Weaver, of course, is there being her usual shitty self, saying that, she, you know, she could still stop them if she wanted, but she's like, fuck them, I'm gonna go find out about the heart on my own if I have to, and goes to the Crystal Castle to talk to Lighthope to learn how the heart works, and yeah. Great, great fucking time with dipshit evil Glimmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I gotta say, like, Glimmer has met Lighthope, right? I'm pretty sure they've interacted. I don't know uh, why she thinks this is gonna work this time. I, I don't remember if she has actually talked to Lighthope at all. I mean, like, even if she hasn't, I mean, in her defense, like, Lighthope wants the weapon to be fired. Adora says no. Glimmer says yeah, she's gonna help Glimmer out to fire the weapon, because she doesn't give a fuck who activates it as long as somebody activates it. <laughs> Well, that's true, but even now, Glimmer doesn't want to fire the weapon. She wants to access its power source. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I'm being I... real here. Even though she is full-on in evil mode, Glimmer does not want to blow up the planet. That's not her move. <laughs> She just wants to exterminate the horde, yeah, that's I, all. I mean, well, to be fair, she asked uh, Lighthope how to, like, use it to eliminate the horde. I mean, Lighthope could just be like, well, if you do this, it will kill just them. Even though it's like, Lighthope can fucking lie. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly questionable how much Lighthope even knows or cares about the whole planet blowing that up doesn't, thing. That doesn't seem like she does. <laughs> like, it seems like she gives no shits. She, she wants to follow her orders of blow everybody the fuck up. Doesn't matter if it succeeds or not. Well, I mean, it yeah, does, doesn't matter if it succeeds, but she's like, yeah, if I die in the process, I die in the process, as long as everybody else dies. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know if she knows that the planet is unstable and would detonate. I would find it very believable that she taught someone how to fire the weapon at the Horde specifically, not realizing that it was going to cause everyone to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a way to, like, get them on her side, you know, and then 
ah, so we can fire the weapon at the horde. What else can we fire it at? <laughs> yep, who knows? I feel like that's just one of those things that the show creators didn't think about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those things where I think we brought it up during the Owl House episode of like, are, I guess witches are able to eat human food just fine and it's only humans that have problems with demon food because they never really i mean yeah they had that little bit of like would they like to drink blood they they obviously can still eat garlic so they're not vampires bit but it's like it's not like anything seriously compared to how like the first episode of season two was like all about the fact that loose can only eat a few things in the whole demon realm yeah that's true but also like camille was Camila was actively experimenting to try and figure out what they could eat. You yeah, know? true. Yeah, like, but I mean, by that point, it's like it's only been a few months. Like, by the time that they were trying to like figure out the food situation once the portal door was closed, Luce had been there longer. So it's like, I feel like Ida probably had figured it out way sooner, even if she like would act like she wasn't because Ida, of course, was acting like she didn't give a shit about being a mom <laughs> much, but then <laughs> became a mom. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I don't feel like Ida would go out of her way to experiment with something like that. I think she would just kind of give stuff to Luce and see what made her <laughs> sick, you know? Yeah, maybe at first, yeah. <laughs> By the time that she was talking about it's no fun watching a kid get eaten if it's my kid, I feel like she put more effort into it. But before that, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... It's a lot... And we are steadily moving down the heel turn path, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Someday our princess will stop being an evil monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, at this rate that we're going, uh, I kind of expect it to not be until like the series finale. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just because, uh, uh, God. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Uh, like I said, it's weird that it's like, oh yeah, like at least one of these episodes was good, considering that like most of them I feel like recently have just been like, why are they doing it like this? Why is this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I I've quite enjoyed these past few run of episodes, but you know, tastes. With, of course, the exception of Boys Night Out. No one likes Boys Night Out. Oh, yeah, no, that was a stupid fucking episode. <laughs> like, I get that it's to, like, stress more that, uh, you know, that Bo is even, like, this shit's fucked. But it's like, Bo, how would you, why would it have taken you that long to realize that everything with Glimmer is fucked? <laughs> it's pretty obvious for a while that Glimmer was going down a dark path, and, like, now that you found out that she wants to use a genocide laser... It's like, at least you're telling her to her face that she's wrong for wanting to use a genocide laser, but it's like, uh, maybe, maybe y'all should uh, go ahead and topple the monarchy here and uh, make uh, Bright Moon be a democracy or something. Or socialism. Try that instead of letting a queen decide everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any trivia for these episodes because, of course, the trivia in these episodes have recently has not existed because it's weird to be like, oh, yeah, like all the times I would like have tons of stuff to list with Owl House in particular. But also like Owl House, I feel like is a very different kind of show. Like maybe some of that stuff is like kind of just mandated by Disney compared to Netflix or something because like 
there's really not been anything like that with Shira of like seeing <laughs> jokes like a fucking untitled goose game reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, there is a little bit that I can cover uh, from the 80s segment, uh, because, believe it or not, Mara was actually a character back in the day. Yay! She wasn't a She-Ra, so don't, don't go in expecting that. Uh. And indeed, she was not even a She-Ra character. Uh, <laughs> Mara was a character from He-Man. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, she was like the, uh... Like, at least, like, a lot of her outfit kind of translated over more or less one-to-one. She's not... She's... Yeah, like, she's got that same head thing. Yeah, like, she... I mean, she has, like, the... Yeah, she has, like, the same, like, hairstyle and all, more or less. Like, her her outfit at least has, like, the same color scheme, even if it's, like, you know, different in the modern show and all, but, like... At least she's, like, at least from judging for that picture, she's way less about the TNA compared to, like, every other character design in original He-Man and She-Ra. <laughs> well, I don't, like... You're gonna show me that she's wearing, like, a tight skirt or, like, just, like, ballerina, like, thing with no pants or whatever? Oh, <laughs> okay, I was right the second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just in a leotard. <laughs> uh, yeah. From the top, it looked all right, and then the and then I was like, oh well, I mean, my words already. <laughs> uh, like you compare her to the, the the modern Mara, basically the biggest change they did is they smoothed out a lot of the uh, the tactical lines that she's got going on, and they gave her pants. That's like, uh, yeah, I guess her, yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> and and they made her black. Those are like the only differences in the yeah. style. Hey, at, at least again, at least they got a little bit better there, not only with the design, but also with having her be a person of character, of color, and not a person of character. Well, I mean, hey, I guess compared to like a lot of the characters in the original show, I guess also her being a person of character counts, considering that I doubt most of the characters in the original show had characterization besides <laughs> is a white lady in a leotard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so 80s Mara was like a uh, advisor to a uh, leader of the planet Primus. And but I don't know. Her job was like hanging out and suggesting things. Whatever an advisor does on a planet where there's no conflict. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like keeping the people happy, dealing with like agriculture and stuff like that. I'd yeah. expect maybe. <laughs> so then, uh, then Skeletor shows up with an army that is called the Mutants. Uh, <sighs> not great, but she basically full forms the resistance herself um <laughs> is skeletor taking like inspiration for his like group names from like the fucking crop of uh like white supremacists in america where they all like have the stupidest fucking names like the proud boys or something <laughs> <laughs> it's possible <laughs> yeah so she she forms the alliance the, the the not the alliance but the the rebellion against skeletor and learned how to fight using her hair as a weapon you can see she's got a flail on oh, the end of yeah. it there <laughs> kind of dope though <laughs> yeah isn't it though i wish I mean, that wasn't terrible in real life i mean yeah it would obviously cause so much strain on your neck having to whip your hair back and forth like that trying to hit people <laughs> with a flail on the end when it's like i i get that you want like mara you could like make that be like an occasional bonus action you could just use like a regular flail normally for your normal attacks and be like okay i got a bo i got a Throwing this action here free, I'll I'll try to whip the hair. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to just make that be the way the only way you fight all the time. Yeah. But I mean, yes. But practicality aside, it is dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so after the rebellion, uh, she basically got famous for that, and so she was sent as the representative from her planets to Necron, which is another planet. Uh, shockingly, planet Necron is not evil, despite the name. Isn't Necron <laughs> the actual final boss of Final Fantasy IX? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do not know. I think, if I remember correctly, it was like something like Neck. <laughs> it's like it's like just he, out of nowhere. It's not even Kuja who's the final boss. <laughs> I mean, Kuja's like the final yeah. boss you fight a lot. Of. Yeah, no, I was right. Expect exactly Necron. Yeah, it's like the representation of life and death or some shit, <laughs> which shows up again out of nowhere. She uh, served the planet so well and so faithfully that uh, they made her the queen of Necron. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that, that last image I sent with the hair flail, that's her look as the queen of Necron. You can see she's got a crown in her hair now. Ah, um, gotcha. <laughs> and she's actually there for the very final battle with Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> it's like her and He-Man, and uh, that's they're, they're the ones <laughs> together. You yeah. would think that they would have more of the many, many dudes, but nah. nah she's just there. She uh, deals with Skeletor's... Uh, Flunky, the red one here, while uh, He Man seals Skeletor away forever, the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not super sure how she became transposed into She Ra, but you can see where I think a lot of her um, inspirations come from. Just that sort of uh, from another planet, the queen, the, the warrior yeah. princess sort of thing. The very. Yeah, it transfers over pretty much just fine for the most part. Yeah. yeah, but that's 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 what I've got from the '80s this week because we had no other new characters. Technically, Mara is not a new character, but this was the best look at her we've had. So yeah, we we've seen her before, like in like holograms and stuff, and like already covered her voice actor before too. But it's like yeah, this was like the first time she like properly showed up, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we do not have any questions on Twitter this week, so what I will say is, if you have questions for us in the future, please send those to at usweirdoscast on Twitter, or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Or now at usweirdos on co-host, because uh, fucking Twitter is uh, exploding all around us. It's true, we do have a co-host, and we can... Shockingly enough, post on it, despite most people on Coho's not being able to do that. Yeah, I'm surprised I got permission, <laughs> considering that it's like, I forgot. I mean, just yesterday when I saw, like, apparently, like, people talk about how the Muskrat had finally actually went ahead of it and started firing people left, right, and center who were, like, in charge of, like, security and uh, making sure that there was less fascism on the site than he wants. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like, what was the name of that site that everybody was talking about like a month ago? And like found out and it's like, oh yeah, okay. Apparently at one point my account was verified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it's a great solution for us specifically since we are asking for audience questions. And like, if you yeah. can't post on it, that's a problem. But a little bit. It's what we've got right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I know that a lot of people are trying to figure this shit out of like whether or not they're going to leave Twitter. And I feel like we're in the similar situation because it's like, I mean, to be fair here, Twitter was never at all good for, like, queer people in general, or really anybody besides a cis white guy for the most part. So it's like, well, is it, like, really any different having uh, Musk run it instead of Dorsey? Not, maybe not as much, yeah. Like, it's still <laughs> shit regardless. It's like, just well, more transparently like... shit with Musk in charge. I don't know how to say this exactly, but I don't think I'm 
as affected by what I see on social media as a lot of people. It just mm-hmm. kind of bounces off me for whatever reason. And so I've never really been bothered by Twitter. It was kind of a game. Just wait until you see somebody awful and then report them. And it's always a thrill when you finally get somebody off of Twitter. Yeah. But, like, I feel like my game is probably going to go away now, is the thing. <laughs> So maybe Twitter will start being bad for me because I don't have that dopamine hit every time I get somebody bad taken off. Yeah. So who knows? But that's where we are for now, and we'll keep you all updated if we decide to abandon the sinking ship. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just like go with what we see basically and be like, all right, what is, is it worthwhile to just fully abandon it? Yes, no. Is it just getting even worse for people in general mm, probably but also again it's always been shit because twitter's always been terrible much like facebook yeah. it's like I, I, i've seen people be like oh well don't worry guys i'm gonna be leaving twitter but i still have instagram it's like you realize that's still just facebook right <laughs> it's also just unusable much like all the other shit it's like the difference doesn't fucking matter it's the same shit it's all just a bunch of stupid algorithm garbage that you can't actually decipher anything from <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someday, a challenger will appear. For now, we have co-hosts. <laughs> I, I mean, ideally, co-hosts could actually be that. Like, I mean, there's always a chance that, like, people actually do go ahead and be like, right, yep, fuck them entirely, let's go there instead, and, like, not have this be shit. <laughs> I mean, the most part, the mo- I mean, the most thing is that I mostly just, like, use Twitter to, like, see, like, again, like, news stuff because like i like to keep informed and also it's mostly just me like following like fan artists and whatnot yeah yeah i mean everybody that i'm like actually friends with i chat just through like discord and stuff it's like i'm not really like there's not as many times i'm actually like fully like talking to people on twitter necessarily because it's like i mean i don't everybody i know are people that i already talked to enough as is i don't really chat with people over twitter as much (laughs) that's fair yeah, I, I'm not trying to say negative things against co-hosts. I just feel like it's a very, it's a platform it's, that it's doesn't have the same sticking power yeah. that Twitter does. Insofar as it's more of a Tumblr than a Twitter, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's it's in the beginning stages still. I mean, it's it's only like been around for like a month, and like back when it was introduced, like a lot of people were like, okay, well, I got to wait for my account to be verified, and eh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe we'll see. Like, you know, pretty much to coincide with like, oh yeah, and like shit's getting bad with like that fucking idiot emerald vine fails on tech bro trying to take over shit <laughs> and it's like it's... i mean a lot of it is again because it's like he's just annoyed that people keep calling him a dipshit, dipshit on that and like that like he thinks that the site trans his kid who <laughs> now yeah. doesn't want to talk to him and it's like if, if we could actually properly trans people with our own power i feel like that'd be a little bit concerning <laughs> we, we don't <laughs> like like we yeah sure like people that are questioning usually turn to us to talk about stuff i've had people like that i've known for a while ask me about things be like how'd you figure this out and it's like what do you think like would my situation be based on this stuff and it's like i'm not a professional but i can at least tell you my own opinion on stuff <laughs> but at the same time i'm not like if somebody comes out after talking to me a little bit, I'm not going to be like, ah, it was me, I did it. And it's like, no, <laughs> everybody has their own fucking journey. I just helped them out a little bit by telling them my own experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah. We're not out there tr- forcibly transing the children of fucking idiot tech bro billionaires. 
Millionaires? I don't know how much money that idiot has. A lot less now because he uh, apparently went through with this shit. I still need more information on that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I, a lot of I mean, but, a lot of it is like it's like still like in the air of like, did this actually happen or not? Because like I feel like I haven't seen as many like official news outlets saying so, even though it seems like something changed. Yeah, like when people started talking about it yesterday, uh, the most recent news I could find was uh, from three weeks ago when he agreed to do it again. Yeah, that's what I still had found too. Like, I, I mostly saw it because like I follow a. Uh... There's a, a guy on Twitter, uh, at Salfa, he's, like, a lawyer, where he's mm -hmm. mostly, like, been, like, a good source of, like, info about, like, the legal ramifications of a lot of the bullshit from the last, uh, you know, like, half-decade-ish, more or less. And yeah. so it's, like, I've mostly been following him, and, like, I just saw him post something, like, well, it's been fun being on this site, y'all, it's been real, and it's, like, me being, like, did something actually happen, and I just didn't see a tweet, but I scoured and everything, and it's, like, I even searched, like, google at work today because i didn't want to have like fucking elon musk in my like search history on my own computer at home being like did he actually buy twitter and the least, most recent thing i could still find were like from weeks ago and it's like I, I don't know what's going on here but it feels like a lot of like something caught fire and everybody's like oh shit yeah i don't know what it is but i guess everyone just kind of decided at the same time that uh something i guess done. we're done yeah yeah like, like everybody like, was like oh something's gone down i guess and it's something like, boiled something? over somewhere, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But, I don't know. Maybe by the time this app goes up, we'll know, because it'll be a little bit. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, the news cycle never fucking ends at this day and age. So, new shit's always coming up, just like how Kanye West wanted to name his 2018 album Hitler. Because that's something mm -hmm. that just came... That apparently has actually been going around for a while. Like, other people collaborated that earlier, but it's like it's really like more made the rounds today. It was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I mean, yeah. like mm -hmm. the school shut down. That's yeah, I thought too. That also happened today. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, fucking yeah. Christ! For those not in the loop, uh, Kanye uh, had a private school that cost fifteen thousand dollars a semester and was not accredited by any education no, and institution. It shut, and it shut down a month and a half into the school year. And it's like we're not yep. going to open up again until September. And it's like these people definitely took the money and fucking ran because nobody wants to be associated with this fucking Nazi. I cannot believe the audacity of we're going to open up again in September after people have just paid you $15,000 yeah. for nothing. Yeah, like, wow. It's like, not even like we're going to be closed and we'll open up after the holidays or something. Not even that of like, we'll be closed just for like a month or and a half or so. It's just like the fucking audacity of like, yeah, uh, we're closed for the rest of the school year. We'll see you in September 2023. We're working with the parents to figure out how to get their children education during that time. And it's like, fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh, go take send your kids to actual school <laughs> i mean and also not really maybe at this moment because of the pandemic but still <laughs> it's bad I all around i feel like if i you know had kids going to a ridiculously expensive school and it shut down after i had paid yeah you would uh be fucking filing a lawsuit maybe <laughs> Yeah, maybe. At the very least, I would maybe uh, be con doing my best to convince people not to pay that much money to go there next year. Also that, yeah. Like, I mean, again, it's like, 
even if they like, get fully divorced from that fucker, it's like, it's still gonna have the stink of him out there. I, the school is literally named after his mom. <laughs> it's like, just because you might try to, like, kick him out entirely, it's like, it's still associated with him by extension, in a sense, right? <laughs> I mean, uh... obviously, not maybe not as much as, like, you know, everybody trying to be like, J.K. Rowling's not involved with the game, and it's like, she's still making money off the IP, y'all, so you buying this game is still putting money in her pocket. <laughs> She's admitted well, as much herself with that fucking recent shitty tweet from her about how she sleeps quietly and peacefully on a pile of money from her residuals from that fucking property. The, the, the thing, one of the things about that school is that uh, the kids were required to yeah, chant yeah, good yeah, morning yeah, to his dead yeah, mother every yeah, morning. Yeah, is that, so, is, I, I, is that slightly less fucked up than doing the national anthem? And, like Pledge of Allegiance at all, it's like I don't, I don't know which is more fucked up or not. Like the Pledge of Allegiance is fucking propaganda, but it's like Jesus Christ, what kind of fucking school are you running where you're like you need to say hello and good morning to my dead mom every day, kids? Yeah. Like, what, the, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, maybe you should not be running a school? <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. At least a lot of like companies that had ties with him making merch and everything were like, fuck that. <laughs> Took Adidas a long fucking time, but at least they finally came around and like, yeah, no. <laughs> Get out of here. We're not doing his shit anymore. I appreciate that he showed up to a different school company or shoe company to try and make a deal and they kicked him out. So. Yeah, yeah. They fully kicked him out. They're like, nope, fuck you. Get out. <laughs> we're not, we are not dealing with this. <laughs> <laughs> Still but, like Jesus, uh, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's mostly how. We, maybe, uh... maybe all social media blowing up is actually just a fucking good thing, so we can finally not have a twenty-four hour news cycle of horrible fucking shit all the time. <laughs> uh, I have complicated feelings about that. I mean, it is useful for like letting people know what the fuck is up, especially in bad times like this. But it's like it never fucking ends. That, that's very true, but, like, in the 20s and 30s, a lot of the stuff that led up to the Nazis taking power was only possible because there wasn't a lot of communication. True, yeah. I feel like the sheer fact that we do have as much nationwide, worldwide communication as we do, even though it may not be the best for overall mental health has really dramatically yeah, it's, uh yeah it, it, it's, it's much it's much like how like everybody kind of just knows and agrees that like winning the presidency was actually the worst fucking thing that could have happened to trump because it put so much of a spotlight on his corruption which everybody knew about but it put more of a light of like yeah this guy is so fucking corrupt and deep in so much shit and yeah like, exactly yeah like everybody knew he was a piece of garbage beforehand but now it's just like oh yeah now you remember that this guy's full of shit, and also he's the goddamn president, so he can't escape from it, really, at this point. I mean, will, will he ever <laughs> suffer consequences for it? Most likely not, still, but, like, at least more people are actually cognizant of this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I don't love that, you know, one of the big... And I do mean big, because Twitter quite literally shapes the news cycles. Oh, yeah. I don't love that that's been taken over by oh no definitely not explicit fascist but at the same time like the, the we don't know for sure that's fascist. even happened yet it's very weird yeah and confusing, we, we don't know so. and also the previous owner was also a fascist <laughs> just way less uh, like way less obvious about it 
Yeah, at least Jack Dorsey didn't make stupid dad jokes all the time. <laughs> yeah, he also wasn't posting memes about him and uh, other Nazis fusing together in Dragon Ball Z style. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. remember that when <laughs> happened. <laughs> so. He also wasn't, like, doing bullshit of, like, trying to get people engaging with him for the illusion that people cared to talk to him. <laughs> by yeah, asking stupid I... fucking questions. <laughs> he also didn't, uh claim that he was going to save some kids from a cave and then send them that his too, garbage. That too, yeah. <laughs> God, I, I really do not get how people think that that guy is actually, like, a genius or, like, innovative in any way, shape, or form with everything that he's gotten up to recently. Has anybody forgotten about the fucking uh, stupid cyber truck that he smashed the window of after saying it was unbreakable? Twice. So. Was it twice? <laughs> Yeah, because he broke the first one and then went back in. Oh, for the I didn't know it like... happened again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tw- I remember as a kid when you used to watch like Back to the Future and you're like, "That's what the future is gonna be like. It's gonna be great." And then it's like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's been way worse in a lot of ways." I mean, I guess we don't have Jaws, Jaws 37 to deal with because the last couple Jaws maybe have been bad, but still. <laughs> like, uh. Listen, if you want to get an idea of who Musk is as a businessman, as an inventor, as everything, all you need to know is that he's still, still trying to build tunnels under San Antonio. Yep. And if you know anything about San Antonio, uh, you <laughs> know that that's the worst possible infrastructural decision but, that anyone could was, ever make. Was that the same one where it made things worse, or was that I'm thinking of it like a different train that was like a one-way train only, because there was only one track, and it made traffic way worse? I believe that was the Vegas train, but yeah, you, you yeah. cannot build a tunnel in San Antonio, full stop. The end. Yeah, no. It's not gonna work. There's not, been, there's not been a single thing this guy has done that's actually worked out at all, and he still claims he's gonna send people to Mars within, like, five years. Like, yep. yeah, uh, well, if you're gonna do that, can you send a bunch of fascists? Because, I mean, <laughs> whoever you send is not coming back, because they'll definitely be dead in this whole venture, even if they manage to get to space. I mean, most likely, with how many of his rockets blow up, they would die on the launch pad, but it's like, send, send assholes who are not needed. <laughs> Rest assured, plenty of Elon bros will jump on that train Oh yeah, us. no, definitely, yeah. They will definitely throw themselves upon the fucking wheel of, not progress because it's Elon Musk, but like, well, that, they'll throw themselves on some wheel for him. They will throw themselves beneath the grinding treads of capitalism. Oh yeah. <laughs> In the vain attempt to catch the attention of someone with power. <laughs> and money, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he will not remember any of them. <laughs> it will definitely try it will definitely have like poorly worded legalese like that they had the sign of like, if you die going to Mars, it is not my fault, even though I made this well, claim I made this deck, but shield it to whoever would actually make it myself for them for me, shitly. <laughs> Oh, you just know he's going to figure out a way for it to legally transfer their wills to him if they die on this. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's already managed to, well, no, he actually didn't manage to weasel its way into the Parthian mind. That was his dad, but it's, like, still. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if this is better or worse than our usual, like, end thing of, like, complaining about J.K. Rowling's latest shit, but I don't, I don't know, it's bad either way. Yeah, I don't know, this is, like, a lot more serious and relevant than we usually get. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, yes, like, obviously J.K. Rowling being a shit is just awful for everybody because she continues to have actual terrible impact on the world with her millions of followers and her shitty political views. 
and her shitty influence. <laughs> but like, she doesn't. She didn't buy Twitter because people were telling her she's full of shit. Justifiably, <laughs> because she is full of shit. This guy did. <laughs> and like, Twitter, of course, as we said, has never been good for anybody besides like fascist tech bro people for the longest time now and it's like oh this is not gonna improve at all <laughs> is there any chance this guy goes bankrupt in this stuff is there any chance that he loses out a lot of money and sells um realistically probably not um it, it really all kind of depends because he financed a lot of his ability to buy from other uh, um institutions from banks right mm-hmm. So if he somehow defaults on that, then yes, that would be incredibly bad for him. But like the real issue, as far as I'm aware, because to my knowledge, money hasn't changed hands yet. If he can drag the um, the negotiations out long enough that that financing expires, then suddenly he can't afford to buy Twitter anymore, and he's like not out of the deal exactly. But what are they going to do? Make him pay money he doesn't have? Uh, I mean, that's also a part of the reason of why, like, everybody's like, oh, are they actually gonna get the money out of, uh, fucking, uh, what's the stupid radio guy who said that the school shooting wasn't Alex real? Alex Jones, yeah. Right, yeah, where he's like, I don't even have that money, fuck you, <laughs> what do you think you're gonna get this money? And it's like, well, ideally he gets jail time for that instead, because they actually said if he doesn't pay, he gets jail time. So hopefully they do yeah. that instead. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's... I truly don't know, but there's a lot going on in the world, and that's not super what we're here to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we uh, we call ourselves a uh, podcast about queer shows, and uh, n- not as much about news, but it always manages to creep in one way or another. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out it's fucking bad, like all the time, and if you try to ignore it, you're part of the problem in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Getting away from it isn't really helping anything. It truly isn't, but I think really what we can say at this point is, you know, we have to be strong, be kind, take care of each other. That's all there is to it. Yep. That's all anybody like us can do, because we don't have, like, platforms or money or fame or anything. I mean, I mean, we like, have. I'm not we have. I'm advising this, but somebody could burn down Elon Musk's house. I'm just saying. It's, <laughs> hypothetically, it is on the in, table in for Minecraft, someone to do. In Minecraft, you could burn down his dirt house. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so. For now. Um, I don't. Can we put this episode up on the Twitter anymore now at this point? <laughs> then. <laughs> For the moment, I'm going to assume we're sticking with Twitter until we get information or uh, 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 an environment that's so hostile that we just can't do it anymore, yeah? Yeah. So, for now, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket and on co-host at nobody, because I got the good names I got in early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm still at Chaos on Twitter and just Chloephil on co-host. Just spelled the normal way because again i uh, couldn't get down twitter because somebody's apparently been sitting on that for a while i guess but uh they're not on co-host so i've really cleaned hey. it but yeah so uh i think given everything we've talked about and how rough stuff is right now now more than ever <laughs> remember 
Us weirdos have to stick stick together. together. (laughs) Bye. Bye.